Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Sue Williams. Hello, Sue. Sue hey. Hi, mate. I'm not hey. since, uh, What's up, guys? Since Mania Weekend. I don't know if all that GCW scared you off. Is that the night we did? Mania Weekend? Can't <laughs> yeah. remember. Was it a ROH show, maybe, we talked about? It was ROH. Yeah. I think it was ROH. It was, all I know is that it wasn't the Thatcher show, the show with the Thatcher match on it, because we would have had that argument. I was never one of those Tim Thatcher Europeans until I went to WXW and then they slipped something in my beer and I became one of them. Um, It's just, it's one of them. It might be something live with him. Have I seen him live? I think I saw him live at like an Evolve show or That's, something. That was your mistake. I don't think that counts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, obviously, if uh, people don't know, you've gone from uh, since those days, mate, you've uh, just saying in the pre-show, gone from doing voices stuff to uh, F4W, mate. Dave Meltzer's right-hand man. That's what I've heard. You're, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, the newsletter's mainly you, Sue, rather than anything else. Just Pretty much. his name on it, but it's you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the... Uh, triple mania review for uh f4w we'll be talking that later and uh Mm. i've been doing uh nxt level up which believe it or not is a real show and (laughs) you were trying to explain this to us it still doesn't sound real it sounds like shotgun saturday night or something which to us was a myth because we never got that in the uk like only like we should do that as a flashback by the way gp let's just go through the original shotgun run or something like that i just don't believe don't never bought it was real back on the day it's it's very much one of those wwe shows like when they stop caring about it Mm. it's the same as like main event or superstars where it's like they'll do two matches they'll show the main event from raw Mm -hmm. and then they'll do like a main event on their show and it's just nothing you need to see it's been a nice little creative endeavor trying to like form words to this meaningless wrestling that i'm watching (laughs) i think it's made me a better writer that's us every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it, us when we cover Brit Russ. It's like, is the purpose of this is, is the purpose of Level Up to get them onto NXT? In which case, because you see some of the people who appear on NXT and you go, by Christ, they're not ready. So it's like, it makes you fear for Level Up. Like, are yeah. they going to do a lock-up and expect like an ovation or something? Or Yeah, it's a lot of... Left-hand side. It's a lot of guys who either like just signed or like... You know, three months out of training, like getting in there and like getting the experience in front of like the NXT crowd, which for whatever that's worth, it's that, what it's what they're doing. Sounds like NXT UK to me. Were you one of those Americans who <laughs> pretended NXT UK was good? There's a lot of them out there. Uh, no, I just laughed at it when uh, <laughs> they just put the belt on Tyler Bate at the end and didn't care that they hadn't shown him winning the belt oh. yet. <laughs> Show how much they gave a fuck. Yeah, That's they good. did. They were doing a tournament, and the preview pictures for the tournament had Tyler Bate with the belt on his shoulder. And it's like, Jesus, how do you not care this much? <laughs> and for those who don't know, like you know a lot about the British wrestling scene because you like covered progress for yes, like, the I longest did. time. I, which is how we first recorded together. We were talking yeah. about progress. Back in back in those days when optimism reigned. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just before the turn came, I was yeah. I the Trojan horse. Because I, I, I started were, watching, man. and then they and then WWE followed soon after. Me and, and I wrote that. 
Suits watching, let's ruin it. Because <laughs> <laughs> me and you did those two-year interviews we were just talking about in the pre-show, but then, yeah, like JP said, we had you on, like, it was like a pilot run on Indie Corner. We were thinking of having, like, separate shows for Progress and Red Pro. We were literally going to start a Progress fan podcast. You know, oh, we, it didn't get past that I one pilot episode. It wasn't your fault. <laughs> it uh... It's all good. I can't imagine how that would have ended. <laughs> oh, there is. And it will never believe me, but there's a positive review of ITV's World of Sport, which is what happens if you ply ply me with free drink in the afternoon and I haven't eaten. (laughs) Shit's, I'm going to like stuff that's Mm. silly, um, which is probably a good cue to plug the five to one. (laughs) Speaking of it, have you heard that yet, the five to one we did this week? I have, and I have it downloaded though. I'll give you, I'll give a spoiler because I'll, I'll I'll put you on the spot. I'll ask your choices because we did our our five to one best wrestling debuts, and we might have you know played with the rules a little bit. It was hard to decide what counts as a debut, what's not. We drew the line in the sand that you had to have at least left the company if you do come back. Because I do think you know there's ones like Scott Hall, X Pac, who'd been in the companies yeah. before, but you know when they made the big jump, yeah. it was still a debut, and we figured that out. And those conversations weren't even the controversial bit. The controversial bit was when we did five to one our favorite TV shows of all time. Now, like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll spoil these two because, because, like, I, I want to know if, if you know even what we're talking about. Suits JP had on his right. list: Bullseye and Crime Watch. Do those those words mean anything to you? Isn't Bullseye a dart show? Oh yeah, yeah. get in this. Okay, you seen it, mate. I- I had never seen it, but I get it because every now and again, ESPN2 will show darts, and I'm like, I'm in. I'm all the way in. We need a darts league in America. Oh, it, I am shocked it hasn't cracked the States. It is perfect because they want rowdy fans as yeah. well for it. They want wrestling fans, basically, it's... at these shows making noise. But they're playing for pennies here, too. It's a darts-based game show. with There's basically two people. This is very much the early 80s. There's two. There's two people who are on three teams. One of whom's a darts player. The other one is the clever one who apparently can't play darts. Like, And at times you'd swear they've never seen a dart in their lives. So how do these people meet? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like the rounds are like you win 20 pounds. So imagine like like the most money you're going to walk away with to, on, a, on a good day is, say, let's say dollars wise, $500. Although it's near enough one to one these days because of our shambles of a prime minister. So <laughs> yeah, that made, 400, qu- 400 quid and possibly a speedboat. Sorry, got him. In the eighties, mm. fridge freeze and stuff like that. It was. That's a nice little. It's a nice little daytime show idea. A nice little, yeah. you know, a couple hundred bucks. Play some darts. It's possible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, very much. And so is Crime Watch, which is just <laughs> yeah, you know Watch, I is. don't know. Is that like a? Oh. Is that like a first forty-eight type show where they're talking about like old crimes? Oh, it's newer it, than that. Well, the opposite, I would say, JP. It's like, it's basically the police asking you for help for current crime. <laughs> oh, it's shockingly not on anymore. It used to be on once a month, and that made it special for me. It was like a pay-per-view. And it was like, get in. I'd be annoyed if it wasn't recorded for me back in the day. I'd be like genuinely upset because of no way, even when iPlayer came in, you couldn't watch it back. But basically, they would like do reconstructions of crimes. That happened. Yeah. And sometimes oh. they'd be harrowing yeah. in like the kind of detail and stuff. And they do things like use people who are involved in the crime as part of the reconstructions on there as well. They never swore, which was the the thing about it. And then they'd show like e-fits. So like these <laughs> these kind of like photos of these people who, if you saw, they'd be seared onto your retinas. You'd mm. never forget them like in your life. Jesus. They were just like, and they would show this. And they used to, the sign off was, 
please don't have please do sleep well don't have nightmares do sleep well <laughs> Nick Ross would say and we would all have nightmares like it was it was as far as I was concerned they were like the other side of these fucking curtains like staring at me waiting for the moment I turned my head around like it's the alien or something but um it's weird we, show. we have like true crime shows like mm. here we have like one that I watch is <laughs> Jesus Christ <laughs> Oh my god! Oh yeah, is that one of those like AI paintings? Yeah, that's what it was like on Twitter. That'll be in the you show images. Yeah, uh, the crime. Where'd you get that from, JV? You put that on Twitter today. The crime that was from a like worst worst e fits of all time kind of post from some website called I think called the Police Oracle, which I don't know what to make of that. Um, but yeah, that was one of the ones that came up. There was one of them. There's a guy TBL wearing a mask, and he's just got a long TBL package. Yeah. Also, between oh. Hitler and Magnus, don't be saying at the end of Raw. Uh, like from the looks of it, uh, they'll be That's saying the that at the end of SmackDown with your man Bray back. Oh <laughs> yeah, man, That's what they're doing. Oh, God. <laughs> was he? Would Would Bray make your uh, your top five debuts of all time? So we'll put you on the spot and ask you for a full five. Yeah. Or- what would your uh, what would your shouts be if you were on that show with us? What would you uh, make sure if to include? I, if I had to pick, it's funny because two of them would be John Moxley. Mm-hmm. One would be him, his New Japan debut, and the other would be his AEW debut because those were both fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because he comes in New Japan, mm-hmm. like no one's seen him, like everybody, like no one knew what he was going to do after he left WWE, mm-hmm. and that was his first shot. And he comes out from the crowd looking like a maniac, and he has a great match with uh, Juice. Mm. And that uh, I think that made my top ten that year. Yeah, gotta mention that that Juice Moxley match from uh, Mm. Super Juniors, Mm. and then the AEW debut Mm. uh, that came at the end of that show. That was the big like uh, you plant the flag down. This is what we are. This is our top guy. Mm. And, you know, three years later, it still holds firm. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the two Moxley ones, they both pretty much were kept under wraps. Like, they were both genuine yeah. surprises. Mm. Even this day, because that was the thing about the ones we did. You know, not again, won't give away our full fire, but it was a lot of 90s, a lot of, you know, WCW to WWF and oh, yeah. back and forth ones yeah. where, you know, even though, like, you know, JP was reading newsletters, I was reading Power Slam, but you weren't always up to date or you didn't know people were coming in. And that was part of the yeah. charm of it. And obviously, there's a strength. Some of them are great, like, you know, maybe, maybe not Bray or maybe Bray, where they've been built up like a Jericho and you kind of know it's coming. Yeah. That make those are good too. Mm. But the ones you don't know like i say moxley i don't remember knowing that about the uh the double or nothing and the new japan one like carol said to the podcast people were like going oh it's a bloke on a leather jacket with like a british flag on his uh, sleeve remember the, the vignettes yeah. and everybody like, thought it was chris brooks, chris brooks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> going to new japan? has this new push come on like how fucking stupid does that look now does he... and then he and now he's over in japan full time with like ddt or yeah. whatever which is good for him that's, that's where he's funny should. how that worked out <laughs> yeah it's just a lot of commentary and stuff now for that yeah. I mean and runs a lot of Twitter. Never, he's more likely to end up in Noah, which yeah. in and of itself sounds mental, mm. really. Mm. Thinking of me like that. But then Chris Ridgeway is there. <laughs> Fucking hell, when he turns up. Grares <laughs> just <laughs> migrating over there. Mm. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> the good it. ones left are migrating over that way. To tear down the Japanese scene from within. <laughs> oh Hunter. So it only takes one call from Hunter to That's it. 
tear the whole thing down. You could ask well, Big Tone about that. I well, just then and asking um Carl Anderson, who apparently is gonna be in Japan and uh Saudi Arabia on the same day. <laughs> no, nope, spoiler alert, he wants a new pool. <laughs> He put, he put it. I put this in the uh, the notes. He put a, a video out tonight. It's weird. It's like him and Anderson, and that's the, like it's a promo video they've shot, like talking about how they, you know, they're following the money and they're going to be in Saudi rather than coming to defend the Never Belt. And he's like teasing New Japan, like it's fully in character, but it's dead weird. It's this yeah. connection, this like merging of worlds where he's like he's talking about the OC and Raw and AJ, and he's also talking about being in the Bullet Club and coming to New Japan. I think he's actually gonna he's gonna go to New Japan and do a match at some point. It won't be, obviously it won't be the the, uh, the day of the Saudi show. Yeah. They've uh, they bought him that new pool he was after, so you know it's uh, he's definitely going back to Saudi and after this kicking off, but <laughs> he'll go back to Japan. I think. I tweeted uh, as when Anderson when uh, they showed up back on Raw. I said. I don't think Anderson's making that Osaka date, and uh, <laughs> turns out he's not. But I, you know, if he's gonna, it's weird because New Japan, like, they got to get that build off of him at like first yeah. opportunity. And I was saying, like, do it with Hikaleo, like, put the belt on Hikaleo, work it out from there. But, but now he's not gonna make that show, so it's like, okay. And it's it's this- like we they can't like they'd be dumb to like expect him to come back, right? Like even if he says like, "Oh, I'll be back, I'll be back," it's like you know them. Mm. They're gonna come up with some reason to, that he yeah. can't do the show on the fourth. Like he'll be on NXT on the third or whatever the day before, and it'll be like, ah, oh, well. Sorry, you can't do it. They're usually good about that stuff as well, aren't they, New Japan? It's like, literally, you've got like a, you know, you're, you're sick or something, you can't make the show. Yeah, you're yeah. not the champion anymore. We've got an interim champion. Yeah, like Togi Makabe. Make those yeah. Togi Makabe yeah. got the flu, stripped him of the Never Belt. Yeah. Same belt. Yeah, which is now the second biggest, which is the second most prestigious single belt in the in the company. Mm. Ah. Like, I mean, you could say the junior belt, to a degree, I... means more, but like, you haven't got a secondary title like that and, and it's I was thinking, never open way i was thinking it's more the u.s i think it just depends mm. on who's got it right now yeah that's I, it yeah it is still a never belt at the end of the day you know <laughs> it is yeah like that. new japan new japan is not gonna like they're not spiraling out because they have to book a new never champion but <laughs> it is just like it's it's very weird it's very weird mm. and I mean, honestly, I'm not going to miss Anderson on these New Japan shows because <laughs> lights aren't bright enough, apparently, brother. I love that. I th- I, I've got to respect <laughs> that. It's the Kevin Nash energy, isn't it? Like we were talking on Weekend it Show. Oh, it's just that kind. Like, Gallops has stolen a living. Like, that that fella, like, he was... Dude. Think of all the places he's been. He's like one of them blokes where you look like a historical photos and he's always in the background, you know, whether it's like being in Straight Edge <laughs> Society to being in the original Bullet Club to being with AJ to being being on Dynamite behind the Young Bucks and Kenny. Like, what a fucking run he's had, despite being one of the shittest wrestlers in the world. Like, at the end of the day, you got respect it. So, some wrestlers grow up wanting to be Bret Hart. I fundamentally believe Gallows and Anderson grew up listening to Kevin Nash and be like, you know what? Let's just make the most fucking money. Let's get that extra pool. Let's get that bigger house. Fair play to them. <laughs> I can't get mad at it. I don't want to watch them wrestle, but, you know, <laughs> that's why they're on Raw. Doug Gallows. 
Gallows was in that uh, picture at the end of The Shining with Jack Torrance. Yeah. <laughs> You'll squint closely. There yeah. he is in history, yeah. Fake Kane he was as well. There's a group yeah. of Hackenschmidt and Gotch on either side of some big NWA convention, and there's Luke Gallows there at the front. <laughs> that, was always, a glass cup. that was always the thing, wasn't it, when he was like backstage? I can't remember what legend it was, was backstage. Like, just assuming he was like this grizzled vet, like this 40-year-old. He was like 20 when he was there, uh, fastest, like bald and just... He's always just kind of yeah found his uh, found his way through. We're not doing a deep dive, by the way, Carl says. So yeah, and uh, no, Jesus. that's not it. We're not doing that could deep you, dive you on could, the uh, Patreon. You could watch that match that Anoki came out and yeah, told him to go home, slamming that. the chair on the barricade. Yeah. <laughs> the best is Anders, the best is Gallo's story about that match. Where he's like, yeah, and from that day, I got better. It's like, no, you didn't. You just. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, this you thought, well, I've, been I've been found out, but fuck it, let's carry on. Uh, like, really, it should have been uh, the, yeah, you found me out. I've not put any effort into this wrestling lot, but it was a fun few years. That's the attitude. He's got a power, good power Uti story, though. Mm. I will say that about Luke I, I was getting grief. For, I posted a picture of me with the two of them. I think I used it as a show image the other week with them. And, uh, you know, people go, you know, you're marketing a picture with Gallows and Anderson. I even paid a tenner for it. And um, they made sure of that because they are uh, the old oh. businessmen at the end. At the end of the day, so that bit feels dirty. That bit still hurts. But it was, I wasn't a fan of the wrestling. I was a fan of the podcast. Talking shop was great back in the day. Uh, yeah, you know, it's yeah. never been the in ring with them. It's always that stuff, isn't it? It never translates to telly. Like you know, Gallows is and that funniest man in the room. That's and how they, they keep butt wrestling. That's how they keep getting these jobs, man. They're everybody's friend. Locker room morale, innit? Just get, is, them, just get them to yeah. hang around backstage and keep the boost going. But, well, well, get everybody laughing. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because we're, we're recording on a, on a on a rare, I almost said Thursday then, Tony Khan's messed up my week. On a rare oh, Wednesday, no. um, obviously it would have been a bit pointless recording on a, on last night with another Dynamite to come. It kind of means we're going to give some fresh Dynamite takes today, but I was going to mention, mm. like the uh, the Gallows-Anderson story, we can go through some, uh, some news bits uh, as well, come out of time I the other uh, other benefit of uh, recording on a, on a Thursday night is we actually have uh, fresh dynamite ratings to talk about as well and an American to explain them to us like we're stupid JP so we'll take that yeah. <laughs> I don't know these as well I don't I, I haven't actually seen this rating because I just watched House of the Dragon oh, yeah. before, give, before recording give, give us your uh, your real uh, reaction to this JP what's your uh, what's your live reaction dynamite uh, 752,000 viewers uh, 1849 a 0.26 number 8 on cable NXT, 676,000 viewers, 0.18 um, in 1849, which actually isn't Ooh. that far away. Number 12 on cable. Can you guess what beat them? Um, It was baseball and hockey, no? Well, loads of sports. Yeah, that, uh, yeah. that, uh, that Sue could, uh, could explain to as, us. As Sue said before, yeah, the sports, the, it's the sports equinox. Mm. Yes, all four major American sports in season started yesterday. And Dynamite uh, was number one after all the sports, but they were beaten by both basketball games and both baseball games and the post shows for both uh, the basketball and the baseball. But after that was Dynamite. So what you're saying, Susan, we can't say they're in the mud after this one. AEW's not going out of business. I mean, that's what we usually do on this podcast. Yeah. Usually, uh, usually go that route. You can stop us. <laughs> save us from ourselves, allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything... To, basically, we're throwing this out then. There's, not, there's, a, there's nothing to learn there, really, is it? It was kind of... You know, dynamite yeah. out, of, out of... 
you know, uh, wrong day, night. you know, complete, you know, that was always going to hurt it. Against that massive competition, it was always going to get hurt. The only, I think the only takeaway for me is that NXT did su- held up surprisingly well. Um, mm. And it's closer than I thought it would be. Is that maybe something we could take from it? I mean, NXT, like, they're going to have 600 people watching their show, like, under gunfire. Like, n- the people sick. watching that show yeah. are picking that show over anything else. Mm. Yeah. So they got their audience and they did a bunch of uh they did a bunch of mystery uh matches. So there was the intrigue there. They had a few uh it's funny because I've watched NXT like I think almost every week since uh they turned to 2.0. Mm. First it was out of curiosity and now it's just out of habit. And uh, I think last night was the first one I missed. But they did a lot of, um, they did some mystery matches. They did some, uh, well, JP should know. He did the results on. Uh, TBL Packer beat someone. I, I, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done the, I haven't done the update done. yet today. So, oh, so on here, that's it. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be catching up on how TBL Packer We had it on the small screen. Gallows and Anderson were on the show. Uh, yeah. Jordan Devlin got the piss ripped out of him by Kevin Owens. I've seen, uh, I've seen that clip. I look. Yeah. I love how his gimmick is just a boring prick that nobody likes. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, real life uh, reflecting uh, wrestling there, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's the thing. Like with this, you know, I think animes in general. You know, I think the year on year is probably going to be like down over over this period, both in eighteen forty and an overall. But yeah, not a not a huge amount. I think you can uh, you can learn from that that Tuesday rain. I'll be interested to see in the quarter hours, see like how how kind of it's stacked up because like, mm. when we get into the show in a minute, it definitely felt like you know it was a different game of Mookie Ball we were playing this week. Like it wasn't. You know the the women's match was you know early in the show the you know the two yeah. bigger matches were at the end of the show they didn't start with Jericho or something like that like they didn't you know I thought you know I presumed with like you know this real sports competition they might be you know trying to play that game hard I think they just accepted it, it it's gonna be what it's gonna be and just went out there and had a fucking great show you know that was that was kind of the uh, the tactic this week rather than uh, overthinking which you've been critical of them before haven't you JP about the you know mm. playing trying to play that game too hard. Yeah, I was quite impressed with that. I quite enjoyed it for that. It felt like for once there was. Anywho. There we are. Yeah, and open worms everywhere. Now I'm scared. What was it? No one screenshot that. Anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Progress rest. Um, but it, 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 I thought in terms of like a structure for it, this was better because it felt like there was something close to and something that, that I've been critical of is like they don't have these kind of show show long storylines in, in in any way to kind of keep you hooked about the show it's just very here's these people on in these segments and it's whatever combination of them kind of works now i think sometimes you're like pissing into the wind with that strategy there's a lot of like kind of mayhem that can go into it whereas in some ways i wondered whether or not last night because i thought i thought generally it was like a very good show and an easy watch yeah like is what i thought it didn't mean i, I loved everything that was there but at the same time, it felt like a much a much better watch because there was less. They were playing less Mookie Ball, that they weren't actually trying to kind of think so much like about just about that quarter hours, which is kind of not seeing. You know, it's it, you're not seeing the forest for the trees, are you? At that point, because you're blinded by the quarter hours. Bischoff famously would get blinded by quarter hours, and then what you forget is the long term strategy. And go well. It's not always going to be represented by quarter hours. And what they should be doing is just trying to build and tell good stories. That's when AEW has been kind of at its best. Yeah, and 
Yeah, it felt like a pay per view mm. to me. It felt like the way it, the way it mm. kind of built. It was like you know started with a big multi man. We had the women's match on second, and then it built and built, and then we had these you know, the big semi main events. You know the uh, the Jericho stuff, and then we had the big main events for for the title itself. Obviously, there's the other big news story coming out of it that we'll talk about as well. But until that happened, I, I honestly this was the my favorite laid out dynamite in probably all year. And maybe when we do the year end show, and we'll stack up what our favorite dynamites were this year we can we can talk about it but it was up there for mm-hmm. me genuinely i liked it that much i thought it was just it was in a lot of ways everything i want from aw aside from you know some of the missing characters i i absolutely loved it suit yeah i th- that was going to be my point is that this felt very much like one of this felt this dynamite felt like it should have had a name mm. like i think they were going with like title tuesday for but this felt like what mm. those name dynamite should be where it's like it's a big midpoint before the pay-per-view. Like you blow off what you're doing. Like you blow off what you've been building to. And now you get to a fresh start, set up the pay-per-view. They started it last night. They announced the title match for that, which I want to give them credit for when we get there. But yeah, yeah. Just a very good dynamite, very well paced. They didn't have a lot of interference that mm. I noticed, mm. which was a point a lot of uh, people have been bringing up lately. Like mm. last week was very, uh, it had a good, uh, good few bits of interference, but this week very clean, straightforward. You know, the whole show had stakes. Everything went somewhere, and it was just a very good show, a very good dynamite. Yeah, definitely. And you find you find you're saying that a lot. Maybe not on this point. Yeah. Sometimes, though. <laughs> That's why you're in the balance. It was. I wonder if it's. I wonder if you guys give it credit. If, I wonder if the simplicity of it really that yeah. kind of worked for it. And also, it felt like, and it feels like for the last couple of weeks, as a result of everything else that's been said, or everything else that's not been said, as we should really say about AEW and in terms of like what's going on with the elite, what's going on with CM Punk. We know what's happening with Ace Steel, but like we're in this kind of like position where it's almost like they've gone back to like, okay, who are the people we've had around here for a while? And we're going to kind of focus in and around them. And I think that's the most common sense thing that they can do at this moment in time is and it just results in them actually just putting on better TV and focusing on a smaller crop of people rather than the kind of bloated mess that we've seen. So there wasn't like massive extensive like stable interference and crazy shit like that going on. It felt like just a, a very good wrestling television show. Felt very focused. Yeah. Like we've got we've got our title matches, we've got what we're trying to get across. Let's get that across. And let's let's get going to the pay per view. God, yeah. they even mentioned final battle. It felt yeah. like, well, hang on here, we're we're getting somewhat prepared. Of, are we after like cramming so much in? Mm. It's like wow, and it appears to be on at three p.m. Yeah, we're like saying Eastern. that. I'm pretty sure four. I think yeah. it's Eastern. Four Eastern, nine UK. I think I'm um, made up. <laughs> Saturday night, mate. Perfect. Oh, how about that? I've been at a normal time watching a pay per view. God, this never <laughs> happens in this country. <laughs> yeah, but I said there was a newsworthy show as well. You know, there's there's those bits about you know the elite a steel we can get into the ROH stuff we can we can get into as well. And in a negative way, also newsworthy. You know, for what happened at the end of the main event. Um, you know, mm. thankfully time of recording. I think we all know Hammer Page is largely fine. You know, he's even tweeted out he had the panini for uh for lunch today. So don't we don't need 
need to, you know, be uh, be all panicked. It was a scary moment um, when it happened, yeah. and you know, I was glad to see the uh, the new stories come through. It, you know, wrestling's dangerous; it's going to happen. People are going to get concussions. I don't think there's a huge amount to to read into it. You'll see bad faith accounts read a lot into it, but it was what it was, and. I would say, like my one of my big takeaways before we get into you know the individual things that happened on the show is I thought they handled it really well. Like I, yeah. I couldn't believe there were people out there saying it was a work. Like I literally saw people being like, "Oh, wasn't it convenient? They went they went off dynamite right on time." And I was like, "Did they?" Because I feel like they spent the last five minutes like literally stumbling for what they were gonna do. You know, showing the commentators, yeah. you know, calling an audible and MJF getting you know dragging a ref out there. Moxley calling an audible and just cutting promos. You know, sh- saying shit and fucking all kinds on the uh, on yeah. the fight feed that I don't think made it through to uh, to TBS. No, they were, we we they got really several d- we got several bits of dead air. <laughs> we got the whole oh, thing. Like, that's the one. That's the one. Uh, the cowards, TBS cowards. <laughs> I'd switched over at that point, JP. We were on a fight thankfully so we uh we got it but i you know they were clearly in a in a panic but as far as like recognizing it happened and it again you know anyone wants to say it you know wanted to say like no one's saying it now but saying it was a work which we're just out to lunch but you know they handled it well you know referee stopped the match like say they didn't it was maybe a 50 50 cold you still run the mjf angle after you still you know is it tasteless to do that stuff i mean for me it you know I don't know what he even mean, but he wasn't dead. You know, we had the concussion. You know, try watch. I feel like some of these kids need to watch UFC. You know, like it's not. It's a, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, maybe we didn't have all the detail. You know, we all, all were a bit scared, but it, you know, it wasn't. You know, Owen Hart. It wasn't. You know, they were. They're allowed to kind of push on and yeah. you know find ways to make it work within the story and. What I did like about what they did was rather than, you know, doing a, you know, forcing a finish out of it or, or anything like that, they just called us a shoot in the ring, didn't they? Hamon Page can't continue. Therefore, Moxley wins. Referee gets the, uh, you know, medical people are right out there for Hamon Page. Like, that's that's how you handle this stuff, isn't it, JP? And I thought they, they yeah. covered really well right after it as well, as far as, you know, getting the, the worked angle stuff over afterwards as well. It was uh, It was very well done. Yeah, I thought they did. I mean, I thought they did. I don't know who are those. You don't want to see a show just continuing on as normal if somebody seriously hurt themselves. That's not what you want as a viewer. Like, it's, it's. I don't, I, like, people, you know, yeah, there'll always be like some people will want to see that kind of stuff. But I don't know anyone who ever would. So it's the best decision. Even, dare I say it from a match perspective, it still keeps the match fresh because it's like, that's something you can go back to and they will be referring to this as well. So like in many ways, it's the best and safest thing to do. And your audience isn't going to be upset about it because they're seeing like the doctors ruled that hangman page cannot continue. Therefore John Moxley wins. Like it's the kind of stuff you see in, like you mentioned about UFC, any amount of fights where like some fight will do something like twist their ankle or their knee really badly. And it's just a freak accident and it means it gets called off and no one likes it, but it's the, like, it's the, what you do to protect the kind of safety. So I think that what, and I also think like there was, there was a lot of stumbling around. There was a lot of Taz going, this isn't good, which I knew what had happened. Cause obviously I was watching it. Um, I wasn't watching it live like you guys were, but I was like, that still kind of sounded scary. It would have been terrifying watching live and you're hearing that and you're seeing him with his glasses off as well. But I thought, they handled it as well as they could have done. It says a lot about MJF that he could do it. And it's, it's building him up into, I don't know how I feel about the face side of it. Cause I just, I think that's ultimately a tease for him to go back to being a mega heel for a bit. 
but get into that. It, yeah. It, yeah, but it mm. feels like the way that they dealt with it, it, it does feel like a big match, much bigger than the match they had before when they headlined on pay-per-view and it was the whole weird political thing, wasn't it? Yeah. That yeah. He, he was running this time round. Like he looks like, it just looks like a million dollars, doesn't he? Uh, he? He looks incredible. And I thought he, he dealt with it really well. Uh, like they dealt with it really well on the mic. I thought they, they made the best of a bad situation and hangman pages ultimately He's concussed, but he's all right. It almost protects him, doesn't it? The finish suit, like it almost. Like, yeah. It wasn't yeah. the only like crumb I'll give the it's a work people was. It would have been a good work to be fair, you know, because it does. Yeah. But he loses, mm. but he doesn't lose any credibility coming out of it. It was kind of in a way, you know, as much as you don't want to see it happen. In a way, it worked out relatively well. I think now that we know he's healthy, you know, you can kind of say that. Yeah, like the. That was my thoughts, like, initially. Like, when it happened, like, once Dynamite was off the air, like, I tweeted, like, yeah, I hope Hangman's okay, obviously. Like, if this is a work, it's a a good idea. Like, because Hangman doesn't, you know, take the clean fall. And then if he's up to it physically, he can come back after the pay-per-view, no matter who wins, and be like, hey, I I still haven't been beat for that title yet. I'm next up. So I, you know, that is the only like credence the it's a work people would have in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to give them credit for, you know, stopping the match quickly. Cause you think back to like the Matt Hardy situation from that one pay-per-view and it's like, yeah, they, they've, they got a lot better with that. They saw that and they were like, we can't, like that can't happen again for like the safety of our people. We got to be better. Yeah. Just as a precaution, we got to be better about that. Then what do you think they would have we done for that time? If it was the other way around, Mox gets hurt. Do you call an audible and Hangman wins the title? Like that's you know we can applaud them for it in this circumstance because it kind of worked to the finish of the match. Yeah. You don't want to see it happen, but I you mean, know, yeah, I wonder what what they do in that situation. <sighs> I suppose you call it a double, you know, I, stoppage. The matches, we call the match off. You know, yeah, you, you know, just like wave it off or something. But I do want to say, as far as like the MJF uh, angle of it is concerned, I think that was going to happen anyway. Yeah, because they were they had done the crowd shots to MJF. I had begged them to not do it, but <laughs> this time it actually paid off. because yeah. they showed him once in the in the suite, yeah. and then the next time he was gone, and they didn't like do too much about it they were like well, that's mjf sweet he's not there but we'll move on so it was i do think that was supposed to be yeah the finish of the show so the the match was gonna finish soon anyway yeah it was just that like in between time of okay we were supposed to be wrestling now hangman's getting wheeled out we gotta yeah. fill we gotta vamp and the only- that was the awkward part there yeah, the only negative I'd say, well, I mean, other than you know, if if I had been hurt any more seriously, but the the negative for me was they were having such a fucking banger of a match out there as well. Yeah, you know, they did have yeah. a lot of TV time remaining. They probably had a few more minutes in them, didn't they? Like it was wild brawl. I love the way they started as well with you know Hamman jumping Moxley in the crowd yes. just to give it that kind of unpredictable you know edge to it. They were out there having a at least near four star match. It felt like and yeah. I suppose we won't know what those last few minutes were, but I thought it was a yeah, a killer main event on top of all of that too. 
Yeah, they were. It was going to be the cap to what was a great dynamite. And it just, it did take the air out of it. But I think MJF, them doing the MJF angle afterwards, you know, kind of brought it back on the tracks and got them set up to where they were going anyway, which is MJF and Mots at the paper. What do we make of that one? You know, you, re- you referenced it there, JP. You know, I, I'm you know, the story of the night was MJF. You know, they did the uh, the Regal promo battle earlier on, and you know, despite my reputation, I am a big uh, I do enjoy Regal in ring segments. You know, I'm not uh, it's it's not that that I'm uh, rallying. It's the work you got a problem with. Yeah, that's it. You know, and even that, it's become a meme to be honest. More than anything, you know, I was saying this week on Twitter, I think Ultimate Warrior has a better in ring career than Regal. Was was I trying to wind people up? Maybe a little bit, but maybe I believe it too in some ways, at least for the big matches. But anywho, as a promo, love Regal. I think he, you know, one of the greatest authority fi- figures. We've We've ever had as a performance i think i maybe i can see what will maybe where you're gonna go with this one jp like as a performance it was you know this was you know ewr you know what i mean it was a 100 segment you know as far as like both mm-hmm. men's delivery you know as far as like mjf you know bring it up that you know the real life you know stuff bringing up you know being an extra you know with wwe and the email exchange with regal which we i've definitely heard before you know that story and i like, kind of hush tones that's why he doesn't get on with regal because because that happened you could tell that stuff was real uh, I see the sometimes you know not everything that happens in your real life needs to go on on a wrestling TV screen. But when you're MJF and you can you know make that work, he did. Mm. He made it work as well as you can. Regal M fired back. You know he was brilliant. You know for his part. You know about lighting a fire under MJF's you know arse and stuff. Like the performances were were ten out of ten. Absolutely brilliantly done segments. The only caveat I maybe add, and I wonder if this is where you were going to go, JP. I was a bit like. Right, but where are we going with MJF? Like, what is, what's the goal of the segment? Is the goal that MJF is now this tweener babyface type, or is the goal that it's all going to be a setup for for him to uh, turn heel again later? Maybe Regal goes with him. You know, maybe that's the the payoff to all this. That's the bit I'm a little bit shaky on. Which, but the the segment itself, I can't fault. I thought it was absolutely fascinating wrestling TV. That's got to be said first. Yeah, it was, and. I think the good thing about it was is you could understand the kind of like it it's like when MJF brought up about the abuse he suffered in school the anti-semitic abuse and it was like this very human side like because I think when he worked did the extra work he was like a security guard wasn't he Mm. Yeah, like one of those. He, it was a takeover, and Samoa Joe was like shoving him in the blocker or something. Can't believe he was nineteen That's then, by the way. Like when you see those videos, you don't That's crazy, isn't it? Like, dear lord. But you know, with with him, you you can kind of um, you could you can kind of see it, but also at the same time, the stuff that Regal said was absolutely right. It's kind of what you would expect him to do as as kind of a top talent scout. Of you can't sign this guy at night. They've always had that policy of not having them in too young because they don't want to hear stories of underage drinking and the rest of it. It's just like, it's not worth the grief. You just wait until they're 21. It's a lot easier. <laughs> than Anywho, carry on. Yeah. Bricks <laughs> um, <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like, the, there's all of like, you know, I think with, with MJF, it, it, I'm not, I, I think ultimately he's going to go back to being a heel before he becomes the mega baby face. I think if you're basing on anything, it's like The Rock becoming the corporate champion at Survivor Series 97. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, it's supposed to be 97, 98. Um, yeah, something else happened in 97, which you'll also hear on patreon.com forward slash grapple in, in November. <laughs> can't wait yeah, anyway. yeah, can't wait for it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, happiest time of the year. But I, think, <laughs> oh, but I think overall, it is, um, 
I'm not sure of this direction for it because I think you want to keep MJF. I don't want to see him being managed by Regal. I kind of want to see him being managed by anyone. I like the idea that part of his anti-authoritarian thing is I, I'm not going to use an older guy to talk for me. Like I'm confident enough to do this like in and of himself. Mikey mentions there in the chat about, you know, the idea that it's about how good he is, but he has been kind of like held back by other forces and he's kind of raging to get, get his way there. I can't see any reason why you wouldn't put the belt on him, why you wouldn't go with him as someone that's like a proper long-term champion because he is the focus of the program. We've often said that the issue is, is like when Hangman Page got the belt, he was the fourth, fifth most important thing on that show at that point in time. If MJF gets the belt, he would feel like the most important thing on that show. And that's going for everyone else who's there. And if Punk comes back, you're thinking, oh, Punk-MJF interaction. So like in many ways, a lot of the kind of dream scenarios really, you know, MJF was kind of like at the centerpiece of it anyway. So I think it completely worked. And then for the fact they they gave us the pay-per-view main event and the idea is I'm going to beat you your best. I'm going to show you how good I am. That, I mean, it's kind of wrestling 101 and it is kind of like it's tweener behavior, wanting to win with some element of honor. But I think he's going to do something like a, a diamond ring shot or something or Brian Danielson is going to end up costing John Moxley the match there'll be something along those lines where I think of the direction they're going to go in yeah the I found the whole thing fascinating and to Mikey's point like the it wasn't like the business was holding him back like Regal said it in the promo He's like he's holding himself back because he keeps using these shortcuts he uses the ring he uses Wardlow he surrounds himself with all these people. Now he had the chip. He keeps short changing himself. And now he's not reaching the peaks he wants to, because that's ultimately what's holding him back. And now, now we see him at this crossroads. Cause now mm. it's like, okay, I've got the chip. I can use it here, but no, I want to prove that I'm better than John Moxley. I want to prove that I deserve to be world champion which is a nice little twist there that they did with uh, Regal and uh, with Regal putting that idea in his head. Like you can cash this in, but like you won't prove anything. So that was a nice little twist there from Regal kind of saving his guy at the end there. And then like, is he going to keep taking the shortcuts? Is he going to take a shortcut at full gear or is he going to try and do it clean? And is he good enough to beat Mox either way? Like, that's a, there's a lot of intrigue there. Like the intrigue is what's MJF going to do? How is he going to play off of this? Will he like, he's made the decision. He's going to do it clean. Now. Is he going to hold himself to that? He's still got the chip. He can cat, you know, theoretically he can go back on his word cash in before them. I mean, that's an idea. I don't, Yeah. I mean, but yeah, it is. It's a good, I like this a lot more than the build they did for the last match. Uh, I think it was like All Out 2020, one of the pandemic shows. Yeah. That they blew that build, like that they just blew that one dead. But this one, there's a lot more intrigue. I like it, and I do like them announcing the title shot because that's either 
that was either a good pivot or a you know just a good idea from the jump. So I hope it's credit a, to them for that. It's a pivot from this tease that it's gonna be like money in the bank. Like we just don't need like that's not, yeah no people that's you know running in with a referee. You know I know we did it on this show, but it almost felt like they were embracing yeah. the you know the the trope that people were expecting rather than it really doesn't help you know, people ultimately. No, it never does it. You, you you get a pop, but there's no sustained kind of like. You have deserved this. Especially when baby faces do it. Like, that's the worst yeah. thing we do. They use it to put baby faces over. It's just, oh. It's it helped so edge that one time. Yeah. And, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I was going to say. Maybe oh, punk that second time. Yeah, but maybe this is not, definitely not the first one. But, yeah, maybe yeah. that. But I was going to say, on the story, like, it. It, it makes the match more interesting and at the end of the day that's that's the biggest thing like i say this was a 10 out of 10 segment as far as performance goes it was a 10 out of 10 story as told on the night i think instinctively there's still part of me that's like oh man remember when you know it felt like there was no possibility mjf was ever going to be a baby face and we've lost that a bit now and i think that you know that's just the reality we're in you know the promo we cut in in la that i that i was there for you know it was it was over from that day on um as far as you know mjf was going to come back and get cheered we talked about it in this show remember us talking jp about you know maybe that mm. he becomes like a faux baby face for a while and then turn and then you know ultimately he's the bad guy at the end of it you know and he's just yeah. been hiding in plain I, sight this might be another way of telling that story i think the reality yeah. they're in now you kind of have to do this like I, again i think it's a yeah. shame maybe you're here but now that you're here, like this is, you know, like I say, ten out of ten best way you can tell that story. And like you said, suits, I am intrigued which way they go. I think ultimately, I hope MJF comes out of it a bigger heel than ever. It, I kind of think like a, a proper MJF babyface run. You do that in like five years. You do that in ten years. You know, that's something. You know, we end one day down the line. Um, so that's kind of my main caveat. But as far as an interesting story goes, like yeah, it does just on the build last time and. Yeah, I'm kind of willing to, to take the ride on this one. Do you think he wins the title? I think so, yeah. Not I great for Mox, but I think to. he does. Yeah. I don't think so. Interesting. I think he loses. I think he loses and that like tilts him. That's what tilts him back into being that major heel. Cause like uh, I tried right. doing it your way. It didn't work. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go whole hog my way and we'll see how that works. <laughs> I've I've often thought that the reason not to put it on him, when you know thinking about this since I've since I've seen this is just the fact that they've hot shotted the title so much, and yeah. you just want that stability. Moxley offers you that in spades. That's what he offers you. Yeah. It's just pure stability, big Nobody name stability, stability right at the top, <laughs> like, yeah. and it's a company that really needs it. And yeah, you don't want to play into the kind of melodrama too much, even though from a storyline perspective. The idea of him holding the cost uh, hostage, uh, the company hostage for like a year until his contract runs out, like is the is from a storyline perspective, that's definitely like the way to go. And there's ultimately mileage in that because you make WWE the heel, mm. like in, right. in all of it, which I think they they can still do to that audience. They can. I think. I think like I like the idea of doing like him holding the title hostage to mm. 2024. I think they get a little more juice out of that if they do it later on. Mm. My, I have an idea in my head that MJF never wins the world title. Because, <laughs> like, who who's MJF's favorite wrestler? He said it a million times. Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper was Intercontinental Champ for, like, two months, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. So, mate, like, if he wants to be Roddy Piper, like... 
He's got a path. He's the guy. He's, he's that's the. It's almost his blessing and curse. Like I think he can. He's yeah. the guy. You know, you have your title match on the show, but he's the guy who can carry the blood feud that's on the show as the B main event. You know, yeah. like that's yeah, kind of who he is, isn't it? In some ways, so, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I could I could see it going either way. I think ultimately the story ends with him, with him being a heel, but now can't undersell how good he was on this night. How good the story was told. Regal was great. Oh, yeah. He was great. The way they, the way they, you know, like I say, they pivoted at the end was very good. You know, they recovered, they got back to where they wanted to be. You know, in the in the first place with their uh, with MJF coming out, and, and if those two promos were kind of off the cuff with uh, with MJF and, and Moxley, or at least majorly changed to uh, to either fill the time or to you know make up for the uh, the mess that was around them, can't applaud them all for the job they did. Yeah, yeah, MJF, he's. I don't want to call him an all-timer yet, but he's very much on that trajectory of like an all-time great. Because like, how many of these great feuds is he going to have back to back to back? The Wardlow feud was great. The Punk feud before that, mm. there was a really good Darby feud. He's done. He's done a lot of really good stuff, and yeah, it's just going to keep stacking up on itself because he's. 26 and he's got more to give which is stupid (laughs) 26 27 one of them it it makes me upset well, speaking of people <laughs> double his age, <laughs> Chris Jericho, who recently signed a, a new contract with uh, with AW, yeah. with a big story on this show, uh, the uh, the Dalton uh, Castle uh, match there. Um, it was, um, yeah, obviously there's a, a lot to take from uh, news wise from this. You know what's uh, what's going on with ROH. Main thing are we getting Jericho and Jerry Lynn on pay per view? Like that's uh, that's the main thing I'm interested in coming out of uh, this match on this. I'm one. game. The wrestler JP in real life. Let's do it. Let's get Kerry Silkin's dream down this. Time, let's tell, do it right this way. Tell that to 2009 Benno. Hey, Jerry <laughs> Lynn's gonna wrestle Chris Jericho for the title. How about that? Oh, just Jericho walking around with it feels wrong, you know. It's like oh, I it, know. it hurts, but that's the idea, you know. I was, I was gonna do this gimmick where every day I tweet Chris Jericho is the Ring of Honor world champion, just to like <laughs> put home how weird it is. Like, that's a sentence you can say, and that's real. Yeah, and it's It's fantastic how he's going into these title matches with guys like Bandito and guys like Dalton Castle, and he's doing their matches. He's giving them Mm. so much. Like, Castle was throwing them around, like, all sorts of suplexes and everything. He's Jericho's 53. He doesn't need to be taking all this. He has no business having these kind of matches, like, on a weekly basis. Not like, you know, Sting comes out, and it's still incredible what Sting manages to do, but they're once in a bloom in another pay-per-view you big know. kind of matches. There's not, they're not happening all the time. Whereas Jericho's on the reg. Mm. He's, he's yeah. wrestling. And I thought the match itself was actually, I thought it was fine for what it was like Dalton castle yeah. is it's like, this is the last run that he's really going to have kind of anywhere. And I can get why from that perspective of that. He's a, he, you know, the gimmick is colorful enough in order for it to kind of resonate with a live audience and yeah. possibly on TV. It's just like, and I know there's been this talk of Ring of Honor plans, like the talk of a weekly show. You've got the final battle pay-per-view coming up next. It's like, when in 2023? There's 12 months in the year. Are we talking January or are we talking December? Because if it's December, then yeah, this is just, it's bluster to kind of divert from it. But it, but it needs that. It needs that that kind of TV outlet. I don't know, maybe Fight TV. Apparently, Triller are going public. 
And that's knowledge Ooh. that I've picked up myself without anyone telling me whatsoever. <laughs> Gareth. <laughs> I, I just, I'll just well, quickly on the match itself. Like I, I agree with yourself. Like Dalton Castle, Jericho, you can tell Jericho liked him. Like Jericho saw, yeah. you got the big end. Taz sure did. Put him over. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and Dalton Castle is one who, you know, with the injury, the back injury and stuff, which he claims he's 100% now, but you can even see it in the gear he wears. It just, it's like this black cloud hanging over him, and it has been for the last, mm. you know, five or six years. That's a man who needed a fresh start. I wish NXT had picked him up back in the day, like genuinely, like if he'd got the, the Velveteen dream run, you know, we always talk about that. That would have been ideal for him. Um, you know, for a place especially like, you know, like WWE as well, where maybe he can take it a little bit easier on on his body as well but you know as far as like yeah one of those guys standing out as far as you know that 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 glut of ROH talent that have uh, been bleeding into the shows he clearly stands out he's clearly got a great chance of getting over and like you say yeah he had the the big entrance had a great performance I thought against Jericho as well and they delivered a, a really good match. Um, but I was going to say to your talking point there, uh, JP, I don't know. You know, you, d- you did the poll on uh, on Twitter suit about the uh, the ROH uh, <laughs> integration. I did. I think, I think you def- it's fair to say you're less negative than us on it all as far as the all the, the belts, the wrestlers, you know, ROH being on yeah. the in general. The way I see it is, like, this whole – the Ring of Honor stuff has centered around, like, well, FTR has got the ring, the tag titles, but the other stuff is centered around Jericho and it's centered around uh, the Blackpool Combat Club because Claudio had it, now Danielson Challenge. So mm-hmm. it's mostly been between the guys who were going to be on TV anyway. We're just giving them this extra little, we're giving them an extra little thing to have for the moment while also trying to build up Ring of Honor as a brand and heat it up to where we can get Warner brothers discovery to give us an hour on maybe like an HBO max or something, which is a rumor that I've heard. Yeah. Same. But, um, so yeah, that was my thoughts on it. Uh, the poll I ran on my Twitter, uh, it ended up about 60, 40, not bothered as opposed to bothered. And most of the complaints that, uh, people had about it was that it just made the show feel more cluttered, which, is a fair argument. It's it did just add a it added more to the show, more like things going on yeah, to a I, show that's that already pretty busy. I said to you, didn't I, at the time? Like that's kind of my my overall take on it is that that it's it's just more stuff. You know, I think people get carried away with, you know, oh, it's the ROH belt main event of Dynamite. It's like, so what? It's, you know, the owner, it doesn't really, that part of it doesn't really bother me. There's no principle there that's being over. At the end, like you say, at the end of the day, it's Jericho, it's Garcia, it's, you know, it's guys you want to see that. The negatives come in where it is for me. Yeah, it is the fact that it's already a cluttered, busy show and it is just more stuff and, Added on to that, the other thing I, I, maybe I don't agree with that, you know, people will say on the other side, they'll go, well, you know, it's like, it's just like having Raw and SmackDown. It's like, it's not really, because it's, it is yeah. at the end of the day, ROH. It's not, I love ROH. I've got a fucking belt behind me, but it's a, it is a tarnished <laughs> brand. It is a lesser brand. And it, it is, no matter what you do with it, it is always going to feel lesser than when it's on TV. Um, you know, I think that's, that's always going to be a negative. Even if it's subconscious, it's always going to be. You know, a B to A W Z. Yeah. Even if, even if we all know intellectually, they all work for the same man. They've all got the same contracts. They're all. It's basically A W with a, you know, in a different color. But you know that there yeah. is. I think there are negatives. And the catch twenty two comes in for Tony Khan, where it's like, I have to take real estate out of A W time, 
so I can get Ring of Honor its own time. Like, he has to heat up the Ring of Honor brand, which, like, it was cold before COVID. Like, 2019, like, post-MSG Ring of Honor was yeah. as cold as that promotion. Was it as cold as it had ever been? We we had said that, that we thought... Years, that, maybe. <laughs> we, well, we, yeah. we, we said post-MSG, it was like all of the flaws of Ring of Honor at that point in time had kind of really come home. And especially then after the Elite leave. Like it, it was all kind of there. It, it it comes into like you say, is it is what you're doing with Ring of, of Honor worth it in terms of the real estate of time that you have? The only only having that three hours a week, is it worth it interjecting it into the show and stuff like that? Because I mean, you end up in situations where you've got FTR with the the title belts of three other teams and have been number one contenders for like seven months and having another number one contenders match as well. And you're like, okay, like it's very, it it's very odd in the scheme of things. Cause I mean, I think the problem is with a lot of these belts said this before they've replaced storylines with that. And I mean, I, I'd be the first thing to do is like almost as a proof of concept, just run it as dark and dark elevation. Even if you're doing it in one of those sound stages in Orlando or wherever it is that they're filming it, I think that's that's you know at least have something there as a Ring of Honor product that you can at least have a few episodes that you can shop around and go look. We've been making television, wrestling television for a while now. Imagine if we had a bit more of a budget to be able to do this. But I certainly don't agree with the Dave Meltzer argument, or oh which my is God, just call it. Just yeah, call it AEW and I've done with it. That drives me fuck it. It's like, yeah, let's just call yeah, every film. That's... Just name every film Avengers and then they'll all do well because the Avengers brand does well, doesn't it? It's like, it's like, oh, Coke have got this new drink. It's called Fanta. Nah, just call that Coke as well because Coke sells better than Fanta. <laughs> like, at some bit, you're going to get found out. You know what I mean? It's like, it's more yeah. AEW TV that's going to dilute the overall AEW brand. Like, it's, you know, people, you, yeah. I think the, the benefit of having ROH, because I think, there, are, like I say, there are negatives. I do think, you know, the belt thing is maybe more a problem for me. Maybe it's a personal thing, but you know, Dalton Castle coming out with the fucking six man belt was like, for fuck's sake, Tony, that one could have died. Come on, Tony. Like, there are bits like that. And I think it's not killing the show, but you know, it makes every belt lesser when there's more. I think that's just a given. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it is a, if you want to call it a minor, I guess it's a negative. The positive you've got, even if it is a tarnished brand, is it can be its own thing, ROH. And that's how you can get away with another hour of TV. You call it ROH, you make it distinctly different. I prefer another booker. We're not getting that. It's only gone. What are you going to do? But it should be its own thing because then there's a reason to have that extra hour of TV. If yeah. you just had another AEW show that's another hour of more AEW stuff, like it's, there are clearly negatives to that, aren't there? You know, it's, it's it dilutes yeah. the brand. It, you know, exhausts you as a fan. It's another AEW thing you've got to, you've got to watch. Whereas if you can make it distinctly, Instinctive and its own thing with ROH. That's the best of both. Sure, I don't understand why Meltzer can't yeah. can't see. And that. that's should have just called Spider Man Avengers. You know, they, they should all be Avengers. I don't, I don't get it. And that's what Tony's been doing with Ring of Honor. He's been like, because if you watch the Ring of Honor shows, they don't do interference. Mm. They don't like. It's very just straightforward pro wrestling. Like I noticed that when they did the Battle of the Belt show, where they had a uh, Claudio versus Takeshita where it's like you had the AEW stuff where it was there was a lot going on but then those two got in the ring and they like built up and built up and they just had a great they just had a great match mm. and i think that's what's going to be the distinctive thing of it AEW is going to be this busy like 
it's going to be like this a mix of like Nitro and ECW where it's like things going on, boom, 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 where Ring of Honor is going to be more of just straightforward pro wrestling. And I think that's going to be how – I think that's going to be how Tony tries to like make it distinct. And I think that's going to – you know, that will help Ring of Honor to – to get harder and be more of its own thing. It's a better policy because we've seen this with WWE when they've tried things like their own, and, and let's face it, AW have so many people on the roster. They need somewhere to just put other people, younger wrestlers, wrestlers who they're not really doing much with to put onto this ring, onto this ring of honor brand um, to be able to use it. But part of it is, is that WWE, everything they produce is WWE. I say this speaking to the Wrestling Observer's NXT Level Up correspondent. Like, they have a format for how they do their shows, don't they? And this is what they do. They make a certain type of wrestling. When they try and do other stuff from that, they don't like it and they naturally can't do it. But what that leaves out is the idea of diversification, is trying to attract different audiences for wrestling. Because simply putting more AEW content, as we see with Rampage, doesn't mean that all the AEW fanbase is going to go, oh, AEW's on it, we're all going to go. You end up just diluting it and therefore like weakening the brand. Whereas really what you want to do is you're trying to build up Ring of Honor as its own different thing, but in the same universe as well. It's NXT. Like when NXT worked, yeah. that's what worked about it. Like, you know, only, how many times yeah. did the like, Observer year-end polls, people wanted to vote for NXT for promotion of the year because people saw it is distinct from the shit Vince wrestling oh, yeah. we don't like. You know, and it's obviously not the same thing, but that's the benefit of calling something different and making its own yeah. its own, you know, positive thing. There's there's your example. Somebody sent that to Dave. He's kill he's killing me with this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll try and I'll try and get it to him. Yeah, I'll pass him a note. I know someone who knows him. There you go. You're the man. Get that on TBL packet. Yeah. Put, put the squeeze on him, mate, honestly. <laughs> oh. But yeah, to and to JP's point about, you know, getting young wrestlers some more time, like, this is a separate thought, but I think, like, they should be running, like, they should be running angles on, like, elevation and dark, oh, yeah. like, stuff with, like, the lower card guys. It's, like, not, like, you don't have to, like, think about it too much. Like, one of my favorite, like, one of my favorite things AEW did was um, there was a feud on dark between Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. It's, like, who is the... Who's going to be the last guy left on the roster with no wins? So they they had a match with each other. It didn't work. Like it went to like I think a double countout or something. Then they tried teaming up and they never won. Then they had another match. It ended in like a D- double DQ, and then it ended in like this little comedy hardcore match. And Brandon, it was a nice little story. It was a nice little low card bottom of the card story. And I think they should do more of that. I think they can, you know, it's just little stuff that keeps people invested and shows people like, okay, this isn't just an hour of squashes. It's not just an hour of Excalibur and Taz taking the piss. It's, you know, it's little stuff going on. It's little stuff keeping you interested. I'll take that over Matt Hardy fighting over contract shaping. Like, you know, Jesus. Oh, no, we're back there again. Oh, Oh, God. Honor. It's not on it this week. And it, my God, that made a difference. <laughs> Triple H, can you give Ethan Page a call, please? Yeah. Take him. Take him. Oh, you're, not, you're not a fan of Ethan Page at all. No, I'm not. <laughs> like, he is, he should be good in theory. Like, he's, 
He's got the size. He can talk pretty well. Yeah, I like but it's just program. there's just something that does not come together with Ethan Page. I hope he finds it because then the TV time would, you know, be of use, be of good use. But you know, I find it until then, they constantly pair him with managers and people to talk for him in AW. When you know, even if you're not a fan suit, that is clearly his positive you know yeah, he's like he's a budget mjf and yeah. he's like mid card mjf like let him yeah let him be his own man like yeah i've always found that odd uh, i was gonna just rewind it speaking contracts and speaking jericho obviously the other big uh thing coming out so, you know we're gonna be stuck with jericho for another three and a half years apparently so all look forward to it to that yeah he, he, he put the work in this year let's see if he keeps up for the next three um but definitely found it and it ties into another thing called out of dynamite i find it interesting that yeah tony khan maybe uh still leading into you know you can't be a top wrestler in this company without getting and a side job um the contract apparently comes with you know a lot of uh other backstage responsibilities i don't i don't really understand why that can't just be someone's job you know does it have to be just does moxley have, you know does somebody have to be like you know someone gets a job as booker somebody gets gets a job as trainer somebody's like cleaning the locker room after the shows like surely these can be you know distinctive Mental. jobs you can get ex-wrestlers for rather than currently people on your show you know is he gonna go on a counseling course is he on the side <laughs> like, i don't see that happening Jericho's well, you get point of mic because he's in community college for the next eight weeks <laughs> doing an evening course. well you got to give jericho another deal because you got to give him you gotta pay him for the rampage commentary too. Oh, for fuck's you know? sake! Yeah. That wasn't definitely that wasn't in words. I got that press release suit. I'm a proper car car member of the media, mainly because I want to get free tickets to the uh, to uh, to full <laughs> gear. But yeah, I got the press release and I I control F and scan read it. I didn't see anything about commentary, so I, I mean I, I'm never gonna wish, but you know maybe he'll, maybe he'll oh, stop hey. doing that. maybe one day. But yeah, he's got this office job. You know there is that. Does it? I don't know. I don't know whether it, you know the Ace Steel story you mentioned earlier, JP. You know mm. Moxley getting that deal he got it does feel like maybe tony's preparing for a you know an aw without you know the elite in the, in those roles that i think the it was a you know notable on dynamite we did get you know references um to to the elite you know punk was shown in the uh the roh yeah. video yeah. i much prefer yeah. that you know you've said on you know on twitter so you know you get in a little bit fed up with the just you know what just yeah. tell us what's happening like or not even if you can't tell us exactly what's happening let's not make it this secretive elephant in the room let's not go to my biggest criticism the last few weeks about it all has been you know it doesn't necessarily make the hugest difference you know most of us know the story but the fact that yeah. the promotion have not mentioned it on tv not mentioned punk's name not mentioned the elite's name it just all feels very wwe mm. And again, yeah. I don't know. I, I always feel like I'm going to caveat this. I'm not saying it's going to end the company, but it is a negative, and we saw it with WWE when you kind of lose that trust in the company a little bit. When it's like you treat me like like mm. I'm an idiot. There, you did an anniversary show and couldn't mention the Elite or Cody or Punk. That all felt that all felt very WWE for me, and it's a very small thing. But I like that at least this week. It's like okay, they exist in the AW universe again. At least there's that. I'll yes. take that, even if we're not getting that full statement that we probably should have got weeks ago. Even if it was a, you know, a generic, like you said on, on Twitter, suit a generic yeah. legal statement would have would have been fine. You know, punks yeah. injured. You know, they're all suspended because of their actions backstage. Full stop. Like you know, this is yeah. better than than what we had the last few weeks. But like, yeah, this elephant in the room really needs to go away. It wasn't a double murder suicide. They yeah. just they just fought. Yeah. All right, suspend them. Tell us they're suspended. Make mm. it official. So now you know because now we're getting to the point where people are like speculating on the returns, and it's oh, like every week. I 
I didn't think they were coming back until after the pay-per-view, the elite at least. Mm-hmm. Like that was my initial thought. But now we're getting like, well, Brandon Cutler's back. Maybe they're back this week. <laughs> oh, they're selling elite merch in Canada. Maybe they're back this week. It's I like that one. <laughs> just give us something. Tell us they're suspended. Just make it official so everybody knows like what's going on. So we it don't looked- have to see people getting their hopes up and then dropping them every time. Yeah. yeah the 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 era of, I mean, we're all sports fans. The idea that like any serious team, if star players are out, it's like you you give a reason. You don't have to say the whole story, but you certainly give a statement about it, like things like that. When you don't do that, it plays into the worst aspects of wrestling because then it feels like everything is part of an angle. Everything is a work and it becomes tired and like kind of monotonous and, and kind of somewhat navel gazing in order to do that. So it feels like we're not mentioning it because their return would be a good thing to do as part of an angle. And it's like, yeah, but nature appalls a vacuum. Like you need information out there, especially in a kind of, you know, even with wrestling media, like stuff is being reported 24 seven and you're not saying anything about this in, in this stories. And this is, a company that loves to, you know, on commentary, extol the virtues of history of wrestling from all around the world. It's just PS. We can't mention these guys like at the minute. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't make you look good. It's like, you can right. give reasons for why you do it, but it just doesn't make you look good. And, and speaking on your real sports point, JP, there was an incident just like a week ago where mm. the golden state warriors, one of their players punched one of his teammates mm. and they had to, like is that the one first, that was the there was the score. Uh, yeah, Jordan Poole is that? Yes, right? Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole. Yeah, um, they basically had like, and the Warriors had to come out and say like, yeah, we're and we're looking into this. Then the video leaked, and it's like, okay, now we're looking into why the video leaked. And basically, they all came out and they talked about it. You know, they didn't end up suspending Draymond, but. You know, they came out and they discussed the situation because that's what that's what you do. You can't just act like it didn't happen. When and then, oh yeah. Well, I was just saying, like, and then they ended up saying, like, okay, Draymond Green won't be suspended. He's gonna be playing in the first game. Like, imagine if they didn't announce announce that and just Green was just on the court night one, and it's like, okay, what happened here? We did no like we don't know like that's Mm. what they do in real sports they tell you what happened they talk about the story even if it's just even if it's something that they would prefer not to talk about i'm when you're saying that i'm thinking how would the bulls have felt about rodman appearing on nitro they didn't deny it happened or just like completely ignore it they sort of just in a rather exasperated way anytime phil jackson's asked about it's like yeah, Dennis is Dennis. Like, that's yeah. what you'd hear. You'd even hear that from Jordan, for Christ's sakes. A man not known for kind of letting his teammates off easy on this kind of stuff. But it was <laughs> like, like, so even in those moments, those kind of like biggest sports teams in the world, about stuff they don't want to say anything, they'll say it. Like, and that's in, and, you know. And mm. even from like a kayfabe point of view, like you don't have to, you know, when we're not a podcast that's going to use that, oh, the casual fan straw man. You don't have to go that yeah. far. You know, anyone who watched the Dynamite after the pay-per-view and wondered where they were, had you know, had a fucking computer in their hands and could Google it. You know, it's not, it's not yeah. that. People know where they are. It's been a QR code, mate. We'd all understand. 
that's the issue. That's what we've missed it. Well, from an on on screen, you know, even, you know, the real life stuff. Agree with you both, but even from an online stuff, you know, an on screen storytelling point of view, like it's just unsatisfactory, isn't it? Any TV show, well, the yeah. characters disappearing with no explanation, and you know, they didn't. They, where's Punk? You know, it's like even they stripped like, them of the belt, but Tony Storm still walking around as interim champion. Yeah, like, it doesn't add up. What's the difference there? Yeah. You know, yeah, and apparently Thunder Rosa was getting in her fair share of scraps backstage. <laughs> apparently, but yeah, it it is. It's it's that. It's you know, it's the four four of the biggest stars in the company. You know, it's like and right. for the not to even be you know some kind of on screen explanation as to where they are, even if it's just a couple of words. We never got that. It was just the stripped. Let's move on. You know, I, I yeah. yeah, it's unsatisfactory from that point of view as well. So I really yeah, I'm to maybe taking you know being a WWE fan here and taking like you know the the tiniest morsel triple. H throws you and go, oh, things are changing. They said wrestler, but the fact that they said the names, the fact that Punk was in a video is a world I'd rather live in, you know, and uh, the other world I'd rather yeah. live in is where if you're going to do press conferences and the, all of this stuff took place in front of the press as well, let's all remember that. I think you've also yeah. got to be a grown-up sports franchise if you want to, mm. you know, want to have one foot in that mm. and, yeah, you know, own up to, to, to what happened, even if it's, you know, limited detail. Um, yeah, you can't play both sides. You can't play both sides of it. You can be real. You can do the real sports thing, or you can not. You can, if you're gonna do the scrums, they can be kayfabe, or they can be not. Like you gotta, you gotta stand. You can't like sit on the fence about that because everything just gets muddled up, and everybody just gets confused about what's going on. You know. And again, it ultimately doesn't make wrestling look good because it makes it look like it. It has to live in its own fantasy world. Otherwise, yeah. like we don't want to answer any questions about it, and it's just always. I always just think it's a bad look for wrestling. It is. And um, what's what's the uh, what's the smart money on lads? I think at this point, you know, A Steel being gone, no more punk. Oh, like, you know, even even if Punk yeah. had it in him to accept that what A Steel did was bad, considering he was supposed to be an agent, that to me, that's a death. Punk's not coming back now. He'll 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 yeah. he'll, 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 he'll <sighs> he's loyal to a fault, or he's loyal until right. he's not. I suppose with Punk. Uh, that to me yeah, says punks that maybe he does have Ace Steel's mortgage deeds, mate. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah, be too sure. That with there. there is that. Ace Steel was leaving there either way. He knows. <laughs> he knows how this friendship works. Friendship thing works, and it's at least six figures. As long as he doesn't give his phone uh, no. number to anyone, Ace might be safe. But I, I think it's a smart money. You know, we don't see Punk again, but the boxer and, and yeah. Kenny are coming back at some point. Is, is that where we're ended up? I I would go there. I you know. From a fan standpoint, I hope all three come back, all parties come back. Mm. Even Steele, he cut a good promo on that one dynamite. He can what a run back too, but <laughs> yeah. grand opening, grand closing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I you know I hope all parties can come back, but realistically, like they're gonna have to pick one or the other. And if I had to make the choice, as great as I think Punk is and has been. AEW without the elite, that's just I can't make that pick. Like I would I can't choose punk over the elite in all elite wrestling. That's just that's ripping the heart out of the company right there. Said that with Cody, like when he left, you know, it it hurts that real feel-good story doesn't it about you know what AEW is how it started that really nice story like it you know they took a hit there if they had none of them like it's just yeah that's yeah it's a very different story well, 
I hear Marty's not doing anything. Maybe, you know, if you need an elite guy. <laughs> Busy in Germany, apparently. Yeah, we see that on Instagram. Um, but yeah, anything else? I suppose we've hit the major news now. It's anything else from Dynamite? Anything on the uh, the six-man opener or the uh, the Tony Storm uh, Sheeda match? Oh, that was strong. I enjoyed that. Uh, it was a good little I match. thought the Tony Storm Sheeda match was strong. Yeah. We got Riho back, the NXT killer. How about that? It's, it's that music. I heard that music and I was like, oh, Christ. And I like, like Rio as a wrestler, but that music is abysmal, man. Like a it, dog with a doorbell. You just start spinning is. around. Uh, it's awful. It is. It's just like, it's the kind of thing that, like, frankly, you'd have been playing in Guantanamo Bay. Back in the day. <laughs> to some, yeah. like some guy who hasn't slept for six days and you're just playing <laughs> Rio's theme music on a loop and you're just like wondering what the hell's going on. Um, uh, and it's, I mean, it's very clear that we're probably getting Britt Baker, Soraya on the pay-per-view order thought that that's going to be something that they're going to publicize. God help us all. <laughs> yeah. Be mate, yeah. You'll be there. <laughs> yeah. We're going to, everybody's going to be reminded that Soraya, you know, yeah, she was all right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But all right. We, on the other hand, we might like get eight years. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, there's also that. Mm. Um, but we might get Tony Storm Riho. That should be great. Mm. Riho's yeah. always been great. And I think that's it, the thing is about this. I mean, it was a. I thought as a, as a match itself, I I kind of liked it because it was probably the way the show was structured that it didn't feel like it was in like some absolute death spot. Like yeah. as as it kind of has been in previous weeks, it felt like he was given kind of like plenty of time. Felt fresh, and it's the yeah. case. Yeah, it felt well. It's the first time they ever matched, but I didn't know anything about their relationship or the history and things like. And that's the handy thing about having Tony Storm in your camp company is she's kind of like Kevin Bacon in that regard, isn't she? Because she just <laughs> like she has well. connections. It really is. It's the connections with everyone in women's wrestling because she's been through Japan like. You know, She's and through all of the major, major companies. Huh? And how old is she? Is she 26 at this point? She can't be much older than that. So it's, it's kind of incredible. Um, but I thought that, I thought actually, I mean, from an in-ring perspective, I thought it was it was actually generally a, a really solid week. Obviously, the stuff in the main, main event notwithstanding. Because the trios match was the trios match. I did wonder, and we'll talk about it when we get on to trip, Triple mania, tri- triple mania, as I should say. <laughs> it did feel like the idea of, do you see how these two blokes are being used over here? And these lot, they're, they're a fucking mess of a company, Triple A. Maybe you could use them in some proper way. And it finally sure. felt like we were getting towards that. And God forbid, Pack having a singles run of substance, possibly in there as well, being things that are teased out rather than, well, this trios division. You know, we got to honor the the kind of sacred lineage of trios titles, which means so. <laughs> oh, we're not fans of that. Obviously. The Ring of Honor six man always. Been I, a lot. Know, I know. <laughs> Those New Japan never open weight six man tag belts always meant loads to me. Look, I'll defend right, first it. Like, things I, like first. I said last week, oh. I, I love I've loved all the matches and the, uh, at least the, the mm. big matches in the six man division. I would have taken a tournament yeah. and and done rather than the belts. That's that, that's my caveat. Yeah, yeah. But I'll say that too. First things first. Happy birthday, Tony Storm. She turns 27 today. Oh, she how about that? Hey, there we go. Um, and for the trio's titles, like it's weird because they had a division, and then there was a fight, 
And then certain calls were made, and all of a sudden that division is down to like the Dark Order and these two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, because Andrade's gone, so there goes the Ingo Benables team. Uh, Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews are out. Yeah. So there goes House of Black. Jesus. Who's about to a leader out right now? Was up. But even the tournaments itself, like again, love the matches. You know, yeah. you would when when I pictured trios titles because it wasn't always like there was a time when I was like that'll be a good idea in AW because we're fucking stables everywhere. It's like well, there'll be a, there'll be a, yeah. in a circle team. You know, there'll, yeah. there'll be all these different stables with with their own teams. We didn't even get that because it was kind of it just felt badly. They could why did it have to happen in this period? You know, there were other things that that could have been done. That's 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 yeah. why I said I think. Lest we mention the All Atlantic Championship mm. as well. I yeah. do like Orange Cassidy bringing it out in a book bag. Yeah, the book. That was, yeah. That's a good bit. Good yeah. bit. It's a good bit. Yeah. yeah. And not even lifting it up all the way. It's just like I'll lift it to there. I'm still gonna yeah. have like forty five degree angle with his with his um with his elbow going on there. But <laughs> yeah. it's it is. It's the idea of um, you know a, a trios title being on. I mean, they're they're things I always think for the live crowd. At this stage, that kind of belt, my God, I'd be putting that on dark and dark elevation, and using yeah. that as like a way of having an experienced trios team against younger the Trustbusters. They're designed for a feud with the trios title on like elevation. That's fine. I like that. I'm going to show for you coming up, but anyhow. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it yeah, it's Rampage, isn't it, baby? Yeah. I think it's a good, I th- still think it's a good idea. It's with the style AEW does. I think they can make trios titles work. It's just right now, there's a lot of things in flux. So they kind of had a, they kind of have to put them on the back burner. Like yeah. Death Triangle weren't even supposed to be champs right now, it's supposed to be Kenny and the Bucks. But now with everything going on, they kind of just got to set it to the side and maybe come back a little stronger with it later. Because they still got – they can still put some good teams together. Like you could put a Jericho group together, you know, 2.0 and Garcia maybe. You could put a combat club team together. You could get, you know, some guys who aren't on TV right now. You could pair them up. Like I don't know. But they could – they can still make this work. It's just right now – everything's going a little haywire lately. So they had to maybe sit them in the back for a little bit. I, I would have thought like, if you're having a trios title as well, the, the perfect team for a dark order, just yeah. perfectly like on there as well. But you know, what I would give for a US tag team titles instead of any trio styles. But, get them too, yeah. don't worry. Them oh, yeah. yeah, we'll get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say quickly on on Dynamite versus NXT, mm-hmm. Brandon Thurston's just tweeted some uh, some clarification that uh, on the quarter hours, we'll get into this, patreon.com slash grapple on the, on the weekend show later this week, JP. But Ooh. what we know so far, Dynamite led NXT in 1849 every quarter, but in total viewership, NXT led in two quarters. Uh, Grimes and uh, and the uh, the club um, that match um, and whoever Quinn versus Elliot these like made up names like when you do the weekend show JP is Zion Quinn <laughs> yeah Zion Quinn I've read that name it could be <laughs> oh, a dream Jesus that they wouldn't over why they on level up <laughs> no I just I watch NXT so it's like why are people watching him he sucks <laughs> like well, like of the people on NXT he in particular sucks 
Like, what did he do? <laughs> well, on the positive end, on the AW side, MJF and uh, and Regal, pro- apart from the opening quarter hour, which you know will probably be the lead in, MJF and Regal. Uh, the promo segment was the highest segment for Dynamite. There you go, like that. Good. Uh, okay. Put a compelling segment on, and yeah, sounds like people tuned yeah. in. Good, uh, good news there for MJF. Looking forward to seeing the uh, the breakdown of individual numbers on that. But I'm sure we'll get into it- that on Patreon, JP. Uh, yeah, I do. And I, I think as well, it's going to be interesting for next week when they go back. Is, is the number going to bump back up to where it's usually been? Is it going to be a case that, you know, the kind of buzz from this show and the fact that people, you know, MJF being that featured part of TV, is that going to be the thing that's, you know, going to end up kickstarting a bit of momentum going into the pay-per-view? Because I could see doing a good buy rate. And that's a different beast yeah. to talking the TV ratings. Because I think with yeah. that AEW audience, if you can put on a strong enough show or enough hooks on that show, not literally, just stick him on the pre-show, <laughs> I digress. But like, if you have enough kind of like hooks, people will buy. And it's whether or not, do you think to yourself, okay, if we can get like an extra twenty-five to 30,000 on the buy rate, as opposed to, let's say, you know, an extra 50,000 on the TV ratings, you know. Yeah, you take the, you take the buys every time. Yeah. You know, and I think I think MJF that's a hotter match in 2022 than it yeah. was in 2020. Because yeah. like those two, like they were the last two undefeated, like the last two guys who hadn't been pinned on TV in AEW were MJF and Mox in 2020. They didn't play to that. They did the you know, they did the faux political stuff, which was stupid. But now you've got MJF as hot as he's ever been. You've got Mox on the run of his career. I think I think building that up and making that like the hottest match mm-hmm. it can be is gonna be worth more than, you know, getting a couple more ticks on that yeah. dynamite rate. Because now we're in the sports, like we're in the sports equinox. They're gonna get they're gonna get beaten up and you know the AEW the trend with AEW Dynamite is that when other stuff is on, like when big sports stuff is on or when there's big news, the rating will take a hit because people Midterms will. in three weeks. Two oh, weeks. God. Oh, yeah. crap. I need to vote. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I'm in Louisiana. It's even more of a shit show right now, but I knew. Um. <laughs> I'm in Louisiana. It doesn't matter anyway. We end up red. Um, but... But yeah, so I think they're going to, they'll take the movements going, they'll take like the fluctuations in the ratings if it means, Mm. you know, the pay-per-view buy rate ends up being as big as they can get it. And it was probably stronger from whatever they were getting on that Tuesday night anyway, really with TBS, I'm imagining. So like, I mean, they still seem hot on it. I'm assuming that All Elite Women is going to turn out to be the reality show that they've got planned as well for next year. Is uh, that likely to be the case? Feels like it, doesn't it? Maybe that's why Renee's around as well. Not I'm not sure. Either. I'm not sure because they say they're going to start filming in November, which mm. a couple months late on that. <laughs> that investigation could have been done by now. They could have had everything in 4K. <laughs> but... But yeah, they're going to start filming in November. And I think they could go the total divas route of following the women. Or they could do the uh, roads to the top angle. Remember that? Roads oh, to the top. Yeah. I, I watched every episode. episode. Mate. 
Honestly, was, <laughs> I, I saw the bit I watched that one episode. You wanted no, nothing to do with it, and <laughs> it was, it was like, Jade like. Cargill and Red Velvet <laughs> having to make up, and it's like clearly they're mates. Like, can we not like do this? Yeah. It's just insulted to my intelligence as well. But it's, I mean, if it was like warts and all, what they should be aiming for, just to say with the reality show stuff, is take a look at the reality shows that's worked in the sporting world, and you're looking at things like Drive to Survive. Or all or oh. nothing, like those. Yep, those really like warts and all behind the scenes. This is what's going on. These are the these are the relationships. These are the kind of like people butting their heads backstage as well. And I think that that's the most compelling way of of doing it. But I think if they go in there with a kind of we want scripted reality TV, it's like I think you're on a hiding to nothing. I think you're just producing the same content that everyone else is doing. Yeah, but Total Divas did work in a sense in that it got mm. – it did get a different section of people watching, mm. like, interested in wrestling. I Like, I'm not sure how big that turnover ended up being, I, but there is a section of people that got into it through that, like, scripted, like – Well, there's in the Hall of Fame, though. mate, aren't they? That's uh... – Cheap. <laughs> My neighbor's dog's in the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> to quote – the, uh, to quote the honky tonk man, it's not a hall of fame. <laughs> well, is he note, there, Big Wayne? <laughs> I think he, he is. I think he got he that is. payday. Um, <laughs> do you want to talk a proper on that note, JP? You want to talk a proper hall? Yeah. Of fame? Want to talk uh, <laughs> our next uh, subject we've uh, we've got here? And like I say, we've got the uh, the man himself here, F4W's uh, reviewer, uh, Armand Suit, to uh, to talk here, uh, the other big show of this week. It's only Triple Mania, JP. And the proper one, this one. The proper one. It was not proper the, uh, one. none of this fake yeah. Triple Mania nonsense that we've had there. Uh, did you review them as well earlier in the year, uh, Susa? Was this the uh, was this your, your one time a year foray into a into a into a triple A? This is the first one I've done. I'm sorry, they got bases loaded right now. Oh uh, in the uh, NLCS game. <laughs> Two outs, game tied at four. So uh my attention's gonna be a little split. That's all right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is the first one I did. I was doing this at the very beginning while House of the Dragon was on, and I was just staring up, and I was like, "It's all kicking off here." There's a dragon. There's a blonde woman, and he's just like, "Mate, that's that's what yeah, House of the Dragon day. is." It's triple mania. It doesn't deserve anyone's full yeah. attention. Like I had fucking, I had a ball watching oh. this thing. Like it was just, I can't say it was a good. I think it was a good show. I don't. It's it's gonna be a train wreck. So like the review should be a train wreck too when you watch a triple mania. Like I, I was trying trying to watch this thing on. I think it was a uh, Sunday. I ended up uh, try, trying to throw it on, and like. You know, you'd sent us a, a link, JP, to a completely, you know, legitimate copy uh, with the uh, with the Spanish language commentary mm-hmm. on it. I was desperately trying to find the uh, the English commentary version. I couldn't find it anywhere, and I wasn't going to pay for it because I heard some horrendous things. Like it had like two lads picture in picture on like a Zoom call who were doing yeah. commentary for it. Larry Dallas and Joe yeah. Dombrowski. Oh, but they were they flying out yeah. houses, but, uh, when they were, when they were in the first two triple mates, they were flown out. <laughs> they were sat besides while. Um, Carlos uh, Hugo Savinovich, sorry, was mm. livened up halfway through the show, and I can't think of why that was. <laughs> I can't think of what it was, what was going on, but you could see them in the booth next to them. This one, nah, fuck it, stay where you are, lads. You can do it on Teams. It looked bizarre, and to be honest, like, yeah, 
I was sad I missed out on it because I kind of, in, you know, we're going to talk about some production graph gaffes on uh, on other shows when we get to them today. But like, I can't. That's part of the Triple Mania experience, you know. You can only hear the commentary, you can't hear the crowds. It was the same on the Spanish language feed. Like by the end mm-hmm. of the night, like it was basically the arena was on mute, and you were just getting, you know, Cabrera shouting, and you know, you were kind of trying to figure Ooh, out. <laughs> Brutal, brutal, brutal. <laughs> it just becomes a fever dream, don't it? And like the start, like the biggest thing for me, the start of the show, when you had like this fucking army band out there with trumpets oh and like God. They, were, they were going off for like 45 minutes. Yeah, what? Yeah. I was so confused. Like, so, can I be assuming this? No one saw the Copper Bardal match, which isn't a yeah. beer, Benno, it's petrol. Oh, okay. that was on the pre-show. By oh. that was on the pre-show that did not air. We're flogging petrol now. Do we know who won it. Uh, I'll, I'll I, say Nino uh, Hamburguesa for shits and giggle, giggles. I'll say that. We'll make it. Yeah, no, it might have been. Let oh. me check. But yeah, always. Like, we didn't get any sorry. of that, did we? They just just flew into like say all these blokes who look like they should have more important things to do in the actual army. Badly playing trumpets and like these instruments and doing like a oh. bon. They did like the covered Bon Jovi. They covered like yeah. all these different band songs. It was the Arno like- Force Pink Panther theme, and he came yeah, out to a remix version yeah. of that near the end, which I'm hoping makes it onto the theme music for some either the opening or the closer for oh. this because it was, uh, it was a specific techno beat for it. Mm. Update: uh, Taurus won the oh, Copa Bartolo. Oh. Fair enough. There we go. He wins a I big known cup that. of juicy petrol. I saw him uh, and uh, Denise Denise Salcedo doing an interview. I saw mm. that on Twitter. I just forgot that he had won the thing. But right, okay. yeah, good on Taurus. Um, the decays Taurus. <laughs> well, he's no crazy Steve, is he? So I can't say that about him. But like he's he's a but like you think of him and you think yeah he's a he's a cracking wrestler and in AAA. He should be a big star. He should be like one of the guys who's there on the reg. But um, as an overall point, I would say that the quality of wrestling on this one was better than I I would suggest it normally is for some of these tri- for some of these uh, big AAA shows. And that's not really saying a lot. There's a there's a, there's a match in here that's absolutely fucking horrific. Like, Jesus. Let me get my rating, though. Yeah. I was going to say, you're not getting a, a match-by-match breakdown from us. Go to Suits Review if you... Uh, if you. I mean, it was a it was a two-match show, really, at the end of the day, wasn't it? Like, you know, they are... If you're going yeah, to hunt down anything, it's the two main matches, Suits. It was a fun show throughout. There was... But it was definitely, like, you're watching for those last two matches. Yeah. 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 Some things from the uh, undercard that I did enjoy. Uh, Willie Mack in the opener getting oh. a bunch of plush toys dropped on him and then dancing with a uh, mascot. That was pretty yeah. that, like, You're so into it. What, what's the mascot for? Was that Petrol JP? Is that what he was plugging there? I don't know when I was. I didn't get I that in the a local slime. pharmacy. Oh, local right, pharmacy. okay. <laughs> It was a fucking so it's just like if a lad was dressed up in a CVS outfit, just like yeah. suddenly dancing. In <laughs> fairness to Willie Mack, like and I made some like I was thinking about this. It was like he is he's cracking. We're also bearing the fact that I think I want to say Commander and Mr. C's came out with their babies in their outfits <laughs> in baby Bjorns, like wearing them at the front there. Now it was like I'm all right with the idea of when they bring out their kids and stuff like that. Like 
Pentagon's kid came out, then took off the mask and ran off to the back. Like you could see him walking away. He's like, fuck this. I'm not doing what the old fella does. But I think for like for like Willie Mac, I was watching this going, it'd be nice to have him come over here and do a tour of the Indies. The kind of guy who gets himself over is always knows what the crowd please and gimmick is. And he was massively over here and uh-huh. like under card act. It's abs- you're not expecting him to go out and win the mega championship. He's, he's always been like underrated. Like in, in, in TNA, they never went with him seriously in impact, should say in any kind of serious way. I'm not expecting AAA to, but he always does his job. He gets himself over and he has enough of spectacular move set for a guy who has his build for it to look like it's entirely unique. Um, yeah. And I, I was quite, I, I kind of enjoyed this match. This like that opener. And I think the, you know, the fact that Drillistico and Dragon Lee were name mentioned by FTR makes you think the smart option for AAA is for to have Dragon Lee and Drillistico win those titles, really. And that commander bloke is fucking mental. He is yeah. determined to kill himself. Yeah. Any other big notes from the undercard, Suze? Um, Taya and Camille didn't break a table. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Um, interesting Cavi- seeing- oh go ahead I was going to say it's interesting seeing Camille at this stage like she's yeah. do- trying to do a lot more because obviously she's been in like she's. The, I was looking at her thinking WWE should sign her like at that point where she could really do with like some help from them and in terms she'd of she'd like- be on the upper half of women's workers in WWE like yeah problem is they got charlotte flair and she's kind of you know yeah. kind of a one-to-one comp there and i don't think charlotte wins that one but nah. you know I'd say but yeah, uh, oh i was just saying i this match wasn't very good it was fine it was a replacement level hardcore match which well we got a worse one on this show <laughs> oh <laughs> man jesus Oh. And the Johnny Caballero theme, I think you were going to mention. Yeah. Oh well, it was that, but he also had a. Uh, he also came out with a stick horse that I just called Hijo del Pepe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, that was uh, that. That it's always just weird seeing like you know just just seeing like uh, apparently you know, John Morrison gets bookings out here. Apparently, you know they can't get enough of Brian Cage. Like the people who who get these bookings, Brian Sam Adonis, big star, you know, in, uh, in Mexico. What are you gonna do? Um, the gimmick works, yeah. I suppose. Oh, this is what Psycho Clown was doing on the show, by the way. Yeah, he was in this. Yeah, yeah, which is so weird because he's a yeah. guy who normally around the main event. Like yeah, one of their biggest stars. They just yeah. forgot to book him in something. And it's really odd, but I mean, you mentioned, like, I mean, that match, that, that made no sense as well, that trios match on the undercard, because yeah. if you, unless you pi- actually pin the champions, they don't lose the title. So you've got the heels winning because they're like pinning, um, is it Laredo? The Laredo kid. kid. Laredo and then they're off celebrating. It's like, you haven't won the titles. Whereas yeah. these other lads have still kept the belt. So it's like, makes the whole, it's like, well, why bother to pin them? Like, you might as well just not bother trying to pin, pin the other. It's just like it was a waste of both of our time. Might as well just go after the team that's champions and just hope to win it that way. So I thought that was that was nonsense. And the, I was, yeah, mm. uh, I was watching the Spanish feed and I didn't know that the champs had to be pinned because I started on the English feed, but like during the first match, it was clear that they weren't synced up right. 
and I can't deal with that. So I just went to the Spanish feed. Yeah. It was a fun time, you know. They're always a fun listen, even if I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> but I didn't know in this match that the champs had to be pinned. Hmm. So, you know, I see Caballero get the pin, and I'm like, okay, they win the belts. And then I see, you know, uh, <laughs> NGD holding the titles in the ring. I'm like, what happened here? I had to do a search on Twitter to be like, yeah. hey, why did they still have the belts? They lost. That's, That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why is this happening on here? But um, you've mentioned as well that hair versus hair match. Oh my god, Jesus! <laughs> Pagano and not Chessman, Cibernetico. My god, I wish it was Chessman. Yeah, Cibernetico's got muscles and fuck all else. At least oh we got the big payoff god. at the end, though. Truth, you know. At least it was written up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, uh, they. I will give them this. This was a long match, a bad match. And it's, I think it was only there so Vampiro and Conan could get big pops. Yeah. But they did finish it with the biggest spot they had, which was they were on a ladder on the stage and they teased going through a table. But Pagano instead took Cibernetico off the ladder through the stage on the other side, which was, it got the biggest pop and it was the end of the match. So it was like, okay, fine, cool. Then they stretch her out Cybernetico and they don't do the haircut. I was about to go off. <laughs> but then they then they follow Pagano to the back and they do the haircut in the back. And it's like, okay. They did that at least. Oh, cool. I guess yes. Cybernetico couldn't get his hair cut in the ring, but whatever. Yeah, it was it was fuck. Also, as well, Pagano, never try and do a dive to the outside. Because you can't do it, mate. Twice. How in this he kept on catching his foot at the end yeah, and nearly fun. killing himself to the outside, and it was well, scary to watch. The second one, he came close enough to like to where Cybernetico put his hands up and they were able yeah. to like kind of touch each other. So, you know, there's that. But Pagano like, matches oh. are like, did you see the chessman match? I want to say from two years ago because that I, was great fun. Yeah, there was. Like th- this, like Pagano's weird because he's a trap. He's a trash wrestler. He's a garbage yeah. guy. But you know, there are some matches where that like works out. This just was not one of them. It was just really bad. And you mentioned about Conan walking yeah. all right. Must say, yeah. I was looking. I, I was like, that. Charlie, that hip replacements worked Come out. Back right. away. Him and Vampiro did the face off, didn't they? You know, that's always. They did. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, he's talking fucked up of his music and all the rest can, of it. Like, can I just guess without without having English commentary, without like reading anything about it? Conan is leading some kind of stable that's going to take over Triple A, and Vampiro is going to stop them. Like, presumably. Well, no, this time. Conan got jumped earlier in the show by a uh, Cybernetico's group, yes. so he had to come out and stop. He came out and uh, stopped him, right? And so him and Vampiro were kind of on the same side. Okay, there you go. Mm. Tag match. Look oh, out! Match. <laughs> it feels though, lads. We've had this teased for at least three years. At every Triple Mania, there's every show. <laughs> it, every show, and it's just like 
this is just Pete Rose and Kane. Just, it's just these two. It's just, we're repeating the same angle again and again, except it never leads anywhere. They pop for Vampiro because they love them some Ian. Mm. Like they are all over that stuff. I'm, I'm turning into Matt good using the name. Um, but like, yeah, Ian and Charles. Um, <laughs> Charles and Deanna. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> and just do a capital I in the middle of there. No? <laughs> You tried. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> People will know that time to this. You might, you might win over the other chat in the post show. Um, but, I won't. <laughs> that match didn't uh, didn't win over anyone. But I do think you know the fact the last two matches were worth mm. watching for like i think the viking on phoenix is the one that's going to most i think appeal to people who aren't uh you know following triple a close to you here you know vikingo is like you know the perfect gift wrestler you know everyone's you know seen him yeah. doing something fucking mad everyone has that same thought fuck me i'd love to see him you know in america doing something apparently it might be through gcw so you get what you wish for there folks um because they did an angle uh, monkey's paw clothes that's the match we all wanted um <laughs> not even Kenny but uh, yeah Viking goes fantastic and yeah seeing him in Phoenix out there yeah. just going out there and just having a a wild you know lucha match with a with a lot of flying a lot of like you know first race stuff a lot of great spots in there you know code reds all kinds you know I thought it was a uh, it was what it needed to be, um, and you know yeah. it met my expectation. I'm not t- talking it up as like a a five star match in any way. It's probably you know it was still in AAA, so it's probably you know four star might be the steel the ceiling on this one. But I thought you know this is probably the pick of the litter as far I mean, as like the wear great match of the of the night. I went four and a half on it on the night. Wow. I thought this was I was really into this. It was everything that you would want Phoenix versus Vikingo to be in a big spot like this. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the Vikingo showcase and Phoenix knew that. Yeah. So they had, he just went, he was doing all sorts of dives. There was that one where he was on the post. He dropped to the second rope and then did an inverted senton. It's like, how, like, how do you come up with this? <laughs> like how, like, you must spend all day at the trampoline park just like, okay, here's how I can do this. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, they've expanded. They've got the warehouse space next door, haven't they? So, like, that's empty. Uh, the warehouse in Monterey can't wait for NXT Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> but, That'd be funny just for yeah. Uh, yeah, the backstage. Put a camera up there. <laughs> and, yeah, seeing Phoenix in a big single spot here, too, was great. He... Yeah. He handled his business. He played his part very well in just making Vikingo look like the biggest, toughest star in the building. Because uh, there were the two, he because uh, he kicked out of the Phoenix driver twice. That uh, you know that big pile driver twice, yeah. and not. fans were going crazy. They were chanting, "This is Lucha!" Like just yeah, it was the athleticism and the pace these two worked at crazy stuff it was fantastic and yeah it's two of the best flyers in the business if you like if you like flips you'll love this one <laughs> where'd you go on a jpeg because it was so i i went four stars on it i mean i, I agree with the, a lot of the points you raised about it so i mean it, it's a it, it like really fun match and also it was one of those times where they just had they just had two big stars who mean something to that crowd. And Vikingo, they've done that job of building them up. And I thought he had his whole family come out as well um, yeah. in there, all dressed up as Vikings. Um, 
as well. Which, great entrance. That must have been a bugger to pick up that outfit in Mexico City. Just throwing that out there. But, I didn't see um, Eric and Ivar out there, but they might have no. been one of them big masks. <laughs> Spiritually, they should be in AAA. They should do that. Eric and I. Yeah. Um, but I thought, Sarah Logan and the three people who know who that is. <laughs> oh, God, you have no idea. As long as she's coming back, it was like, cool. Remember, in the house next door, I still would have no idea who she is. <laughs> she came out at the Rumble and outside oh, of Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Ray Rowe, I don't think anyone else cared. No. Like, like that building was silent and they were in a big stadium. Yeah. But, he, but here, like, I mean, I thought the thing I liked about this match actually compared to like, it was like, it did feel like they tried to put some element of drama in there. Like you say, they did feel, make it feel like it was that bit more of a war, that Phoenix having the experience edge, but ultimately the job was, and they've had issues when they've had Kenny Omega in there, like you knew the people he would win and the people he'd lose to. And you're like thinking, I don't even know if he'd lose to Vikingo because that's a match they kind of really need to go back and do. Well, and that, it, it was, that's, that's been the plan. Like they've yeah. won, like that was going to be how Vikingo won the belt. But then Kenny, you know, he got hurt and yeah. he hasn't been back since. But then there was the point that Andrade was going to win it and then he wasn't going to win it as well. So they had that yeah. issue like uh, at one of the other big shows that they had. I think that was Triple Mania so, that might year be, before. Yeah. That's right. And then Flair in the corner as well. Yeah. Back in the crazy days when we thought he'd retired rather than going on or be like a, an extended two-year tour. No, God, no. No fucking way he's retired. But it, 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 I thought for what it was, it was like a kind of good representation of the kind of match they should be putting on because they've got people who can do this. And the fact you're putting Phoenix there in, you know, put Penta in there with him next. Like, that's, yeah. that's absolutely fine. There's no issue with doing that as a kind of a big match on there as well. You've got Dragon Lee, you've got in a tag division. It's like, Jesus, you could be putting him in there against it. I mean, this is the thing that Vikingo offers, whether it's Black Taurus, there's actually some very good workers that they've got access to. And I'll just say the presentation of Ray Phoenix here as a big single star. And yes, yeah. he has his brother who he will tag with, but he's a fundamentally a single star. And it just made you think, AW take note. Like they they really can use him like when like if they like if MJF does win the belt and he's like the heel champion and he turns mm-hmm. back heel, you could have like Phoenix and Pentagon like as two of those baby faces going after him. Like Yeah. And that's and it doesn't need to be on a pay-per-view, but on those like midpoint yeah, shows, like, yeah. like a winter is coming or something along those Kenny lines. Kenny had one of those matches with him, didn't he? On a dynamite. Like, yeah. yeah, part of Kenny's run. That was the uh the day of the insurrection. I remember that. That one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jericho remember Bad that. rating for um, some reason. I wonder why. I, I don't. I remember watching that live and I was like, oh, fucking hell. Man, I I saw that happening. I looked at the screen. I looked at my parents. I'm like, well, I'm going to work. And then, yeah. Yeah. That was how my day started. <laughs> uh, well, well, on the Phoenix Penta, you know, Phoenix looked like a star. Penta, though, like, you know, like, I, I would say with yeah, Phoenix, man. I think, you know, there's definitely more things you can do with him as a singles, but he's been used pretty well as a singles, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, turn my nose up at some of the great matches they've had in AEW, you know, some match of the year contenders as a team, 
and on their own, Pe- Pe- Phoenix specifically. But they are a team where I do think they're actually better than. This. You know, it's the sub. It's that some of their parts argument, isn't it? That like, yeah. there is maybe something lesser about as good as the matches can be as a team. Phoenix on his own can be an absolute star, and Penta. Like, if you had any, the, when he came out here, like the entrance, the gear, you know, the the reaction for him, everyone's seen that visual, you know, him holding up the mask, you know, covered in blood, looking like the, the you know, like a Mortal Kombat fucking end scene or something like that. Like, <laughs> incredible. Like, he's one of the greatest, like, visually, like, wrestler wise, you know, mm. aesthetically, like, just fantastic. But it is something that screams star about Pentagon and in this environment that you don't always see at AEW. And I think a lot of it is the fact that he has that fucking nerd Alex Abrantes following him around. Like even <laughs> even when they did Penta Dark, like which in itself wasn't a bad idea, you know, worked on Lucha Underground. And you can argue, well, maybe that wouldn't work on TV. It's never gonna work when you got a knobhead dressed as Dracula chasing him around. Like, what's his job? Like, what is he? Like, who thinks that's a good idea? Like, it couldn't make Penta and Phoenix any less cool and he comes out here on his own with the big entrance with the big get up no fucking Alex Abrahantos in sight and as a result look like the fucking coolest man in the world in the Pentagon here like every bit uh, of the he, main looks, event he could potentially be he, he looked like a boss coming out here like he looked he looked so good and then like did you know he had abs <laughs> like oh you, God. he's got the suit on so you think okay he's a bit you know he's got a little gut yeah, on him that's fine good mm. worker enough mm. viano rips that thing off pentagon's got abs like, i'm shocked by this i feel bad oh. like but like we saw him without his mask him and the Ball brother bots, yeah. like yeah in um <laughs> yeah, and he's, in and in, uh, like, it, <laughs> yeah in, in wxw and he was just like well he's a he, you know he, he wears a cummerbund for that reason to kind of hold his belly in, but he's clearly been working the fuck out because he looks tremendous. Like, and no doubt it's one of the show images on there because it's just the cool image oh, on here. Might be the whole show. My, just a, <laughs> like, and it's, it's to get, you know, give some credit to Viano for here for just being able to keep up at 57 and really having oh, yeah, like his last kind of match. But my God, the performance from Pentagon junior here, just to make you believe that there was a possibility of him losing on it. And there was near falls that you kind of bit on. Yeah, they oh. did some stuff in this match where it was callbacks to old Viano mask matches. Mm. Uh, one of the near falls was the, uh, it was like the Cobra twist into the roll-up. That's how he won Blue Panther's mask. Ah. So they were doing, they were sprinkling those little callbacks in. I didn't know all of them. But, you know, knowing that and knowing like, man, you know, Pentagon doing what he can with this, 57 year old barrel of pudding Viano yeah. <laughs> Forrest bless him that's a rough 57 man <laughs> he's got a barrel know. chest but he's got like nothing else on him is tight yeah like oh like man and then Oh, he takes the mask off. He he is no Dr. Wagner. <laughs> no, no Dr. Wagner. <laughs> it was, he I, was. 
I said this on the daily update, JP. Like the thing about that yeah. is, it's like I love that you know, that tradition of taking the mask off and being like, "My name is Thomas Diaz Mendoza. I'm 57 years old. I've been wrestling for 42 years." And it's like, imagine you're just some bloke who lived at the end of your road, and you know, I'm not saying you wouldn't know he's a wrestler. You probably work it out eventually. You know, like he's got all these gigs in the top of his head. He's, you know, he yeah. disappears on weekends. You know, I'm pretty sure you know Conan's always around. I'm sure he's a wrestler in some form. But the fact that like there's probably you know you wouldn't know which wrestler he was you know it could have been anyone like I love that I love that big uh, that grand reveal I hope people people genuinely don't know and the little old man who comes and does his shopping every Saturday in the local supermarket the, the, the workers there just don't know that he's actually on the weekends he's Milano 4 of WCW fame and uh, had a 42 year lucha career unbelievable hey hon you know that universal monster villain that lives down the road <laughs> That's Viano 4. Yeah. Crazy. I saw him wrestling Ciclo, Ciclope on a Nitro opener. Oh, Is he the one that got his neck broken by uh, Canyon and uh, Raven, or was that five? I can't remember. I the two. I remember that I spot. That was horrible, that spot. Um, but literally, we're on Nitro. That's all we're talking. You know, he's, a, he's an old 57, but he's been fucking... He's been wrestling for 42 years. He's going to be an old 57. You know? That was Viano 4. four. Yes. yes. There you go. So people don't know that fact at the very least. But wild. Absolutely wild. But yeah, he did his part, didn't he? You know, he, he, he is what he is. He's clearly, you know, one of them. He probably shouldn't be out there. when, you, Especially once you see him on mask. It's like, fuck me. You should not be wrestling anymore. Yeah. You know? he, I don't think there's much more for Viano 4. Cause he, there's no post-mask career, is there? The uh, yeah. the mystique is gone. It yeah. is this kind old man who looks who it yeah doesn't look great. A, pink. a uh, trance version of the Pink Panther theme. Oh, there's the outro. That's what he comes out to. Yeah, it's <laughs> an incredible. Immediately, I shazammed it, and I went, "If this isn't making on the show, like I'd be, I'd be genuinely disgusted." Yeah, looking on it here, it's yeah, Dream Chaser, Pink Panther theme, Pink Panther theme. Dance, dance radio mix. I say, just say dance mix on it. An awful theme. Not Rio bad, but still at the same time. Just play the Pink Panther, for God's sakes. Just say as well, in case you didn't think we, we haven't mentioned her, Mariella Pena. Oh looking God. more like a... Me and Steph are laughing at like, <laughs> what a Two words. Two this Every time, double ends. Do you see Conrad <laughs> sat front row at some point as well? He was there. Not near her, but I love the... Uh, and occasionally they'd come over and give her a hug and what, like, she loves Tyre Valkyrie anyway. She was, like, well happy about that. But, yeah, she comes out to that Rocky theme. It's the husband and the brother. <laughs> the sun's nowhere about, but it's fucking class. I love how she comes out and she still like pretends to look upset. And it's just like, Jesus, that brother's been dead for like 20 years. You're <laughs> yeah. fucking company now. I looked it up, like, it was like 2006. It's like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Ian. Carrying the air around at some point. Like, it's sad, but you know. Well, he can't miss. Did she, did she bring him to all three triple manias or was this the only one? Does he only oh, come out for the big show? All of them. I don't, I don't yeah. think they fucking rest. I think they live in the front seat. Like, is where they are. Like, I don't she know. She's in the trunk. Well, as she amended the coffee cup holder, just so she could pop them in by the sides there. Stopping uh, for a Timmy Hortons and says, well, actually, I can't. I've got the these two in it. I've got the lads. Hijinks ensued. Uh, but all in all, 
the typical Trippermania watch experience was that we got a, we got a we got a, a bloody lucha brawl. We got you know, and a good one, um, and a bad one. We got a you yeah. know a great lucha high fire match. We got a we got a few laughs. It was Triple Mania. I don't expect more or less. I'm not going to sit here and analyze yeah. the booking or expect any more from them. I'll tune in again next year. Like that's that's my that's my limit with Triple O. Yeah, you follow Cubs fan on Twitter, and like he's like, yeah, half these matches have no build. Like they built to a different match for the women's title. Like it doesn't matter. You're you're just as good dropping in. Like I'm reading that. I'm like, well, okay. And I think I it's, guess I'm good. It's like an interesting thing if you're like depending on what you know, if you're just wanting to watch a different type of wrestling, because there's things about it where the production values are awful at points, particularly from a sound yeah. perspective. It's always been an absolute killer for them. They always tend to get stuff wrong on there. However, I think there's an aspect of like just the presentation. You don't see this in a in the US or in Europe, where you've got these big screens advertising loads of products all around the place. I love that part of it. That's yeah. like one of my favorite things of like shows like um, shows like this. And, you know, there is it, the wackiness is part of the selling point. You watch it because you realize that there is going to be some daft stuff going on on the shows, but it's all part of it. And it's a show I'd love to go to because it looks oh, like a yeah. hell of an arena. And when they start, when they get the that Rocky fourth email and they start getting the fireworks out, it feels like a big, spectacular show. And there's not many companies who are able to kind of deliver that on a big stage. And I don't know what, I don't know if they sold it out because I think it's like it's a big building. It's near uh, 20,000. Let me see. I think I had it open on Cage Match a second ago. I can check and see the attendance. Yeah. Whatever they said it was, at least. Because they said the two stadium shows they'd done were like 17,000 and 14,000, which is absolutely fine for them being able to do that. If they've managed to draw within these shows around thirty-five to 40,000, they'll be happy with that. Like, they won't be complaining. I love the uh, the video graphic they had as well about the start where they were like, you know, they've been all over the world, including like, you know, Japan, Madison Square Garden. No, you didn't. That's (laughs) loose. You ran next door. That's, yeah. (laughs) The UK, it's like, well, did you really? Was it really a AAA show? It was just, you know, it was Lucha at fucking whatever venue it was, you know. Um, (laughs) I can't find it. I can't find the attendance off. It'll be a lie anyway, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carnies are going to carny, but no, I, I enjoyed it as a little, uh, you know, fly, fly and visit. Like, so you did the Lord's work, suit too, in the uh, the match by watch breakdown if uh, if people want that there. But yeah, always, uh, yeah, always get on show. Always worth a laugh. But so as you move on, we'll probably keep it brief enough. We'll go through some, uh, some other stuff we've been watching and leading that. You would expect, you know, this would have been the lead of a show, <laughs> but here we are into the into the last hour bringing it up because unfortunately it happened about three and a half, four weeks ago, which is six years ago in uh, in modern days times. But uh, Royal Quest turns up on New Japan World, lads, and I mm. went straight to one match. Um, I know you've seen a, a couple more than uh, than than that suit, but yeah, the uh, the famed uh, FTR Aussie Open match finally finally made it. Uh, Online, I'd uh, seen a, a lot of people uh, raving about this. Gareth had been talking it up on the uh, on the app, even the, you know the twenty to thirty people who were uh, in the building who you know rated it on the app afterwards. It was like trending at four point eight stars or something daft like that. Um, 
it can be dangerous when a matches, you know, comes with all that build. You wonder about live bias, you know, you wonder, you know, is it really, really a five star match? But the ratings are kind of similar based on the uh, the people who've uh, who've seen it since. And yeah, the uh, I would say for my money, they they delivered. But yeah, we can uh, we can talk it through. Did you get to get to see this one in the NJP? After I, know, I, know I did. You did. Yeah, I did. I was meant, obviously I was meant to go and see this live. I don't know if oh, you yeah, heard the course, story. Yeah. So I was given a ticket because Gareth couldn't go. I was all prepared, and then I saw like a two-hour queue for that. And I went, "Well, oh, fuck this! I'm watching." <laughs> and instead, I just went, no, it's what we like, do over here. Train strikes, which oh, is yeah. in this in this country at the minute, and yeah, for good reason they're on strike. And I just throw that out there as well. But yeah. they are like yeah. So I getting round to seeing it in the end, and like you say, it's a dangerous game when you see it being getting ratings from like the live crowd which were 4.755 like kind of across the board one yeah was it was yeah. up there with like okada like it, i think it was up there because i had my settings to like the best matches like the highest rated matches on the app period mm. it was up there with like okada omega like <laughs> it was up there so that's a that's a scary bar to set if you haven't seen it Terrifying. So on this, I went four and a half stars. And I think that's not, I'm not saying it to like kind of have a slight on four and a half the stars. <laughs> four and a half stars. A slight <laughs> on the because it's not five. Why'd you hate to be it? Honest, you hated it. It's production value. Yeah, and I would I would say I've said this and before we recorded. And it, I, and it feels <laughs> yeah, and it feels like I, we know what the limitations of Rev Pro production work is going to be, and that's really what this card is. Is and I've, I've seen a good part of day one. I fast forward through the the actual New Japan undercard sort of tag team stuff. So when I've seen this stuff a million times, I was more interested in seeing anything involved like any of the British wrestlers, just to see how they were and how they looked in this. But I thought for this match, what I thought thought is brilliant about this is. Um, is the way that it was very much FTR's type of match rather than Aussie Opens, whereas things like the Velocity's got the kind of match because there's a lot of spectacular moves. Here, it was a lot more grounded. It was built around, I thought, like fundamentally the first bit was built around like a great hot tag, like um, sequence of trying to get Cash to tag in Dax. Um, You had the chops. As soon as you got that blood, it kind of escalated from that 10-minute point point in. And he sold that. He played oh. that for everything it was worth. He was showing it off to like the front row. Yeah, he was like one step short of saying like, "Hey, check this out." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he really was. And I, I think it's one of these things where um, you know you see we, we've been kind of lucky to see the evolution of Aussie Open as a as a tag team here from the point of when they first started teaming together when they were just but. Fletcher had been over in the UK for a couple of weeks and then Davis was over not long afterwards. They had a match and attack against each other and then it was like they were appearing on Fight Club Pro cards and then they just started tagging. And they are like, the pair of them are like proper teams. Like they've really developed. Aussie Open have become, in a very quiet way, like one of the best tag teams in the world, one of the most watchable tag teams in the world who look like they're finally getting that big stage and that big delivery. And it was the way that this didn't, it wasn't about interference, but it kind of, the whole pacing and the build-up of the big spots. And it wasn't like we got a whole lot of, ton of big spots in there as well. What we had is a lot of drama 
and then it got into bloody war territory as well. And it never went OTT. You can go back to this again and again, but I thought this was like, I thought it was like a fantastic match. It'll be on my top 10 list overall um, of, of the year. I think there's stuff that new Japan are going to be able to play up. If both teams are in tag league, um, which would be interesting if that's the case. But the fact that you've got the IWGP tag tag belts and the New Japan Strong tag belts. Now, yeah. I'm hoping at some point that the West Coast Wrecking Crew get like, you know, <laughs> Darrell Nelson and Royce Isaacs get their due get- in terms of getting belt, uh, like getting a shot in there as well. But I'm more than happy for Aussie Open to have it for the time being because they would seem so fresh to a primarily US and Japanese audience at this stage. But I think them delivering like this for the kind of match that it was, it didn't really surprise the crowd. Absolutely loved it as well. But just as a single note, just leave it on the hard cam. When in doubt, just leave it on the hard cam. Let the hard cam do the work. You don't need to cut to ringside and stuff. We've got eyes we can see. Like, really, trust that hard cam. I mean, I don't watch RevPro too often, but I didn't really have an issue with like the production as far as like that was concerned. My issue with RevPro, sorry, Andy, it's mostly the commentary, but <laughs> but like from a production standpoint, like I I was fine with it. It's not like, a dig at Steph, I hope, honestly. <laughs> no, yes. no, it's. It's not Steph. Um, I still haven't watched that uh, Osprey Oku match, but I need to. Oh, that's but, definitely worth it. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta. And get Ricky Knight Junior versus Osprey. Yeah, I have uh, Red Pro on demand. I gotta. I just gotta carve out the time and watch it. But yeah, as far as this one goes, this well, it was everything you said, JP. It was that like, it was that structure and that building of the drama that really just made this one just stand out as like something special. Cause this is my first time seeing Aussie open outside of like those dynamite shots. I haven't oh, seen him in a straight two on two in a good minute. Cause I saw him oh, before wow. like the pandemic, oh, yeah, yeah. like cause they were in progress and, and stuff. So this is my first time seeing them post pandemic in a straight two on two tag. And I thought they were so good in this, like, structured like build up the drama tag match as opposed to like the frenetic trios matches they were in and those Mm. matches were great too but like this one was a different like side of that where it was like they're just building up a hot tag then they're doing this bloody beat down on uh ftr bald and then it's like at the end they're doing this you know they lost a quarter star for me because they did the West Side Story spot. Of, <laughs> and we got to stand like that up. Uh, yeah. They uh, they also did the uh, both guys in submissions. One guy grabs the other guy's hand deal. That's an yeah. FTR spot too. But uh, but yeah, uh, like that's just a little nitpick. This match was fantastic. I went four and a half on it. It's I don't know if this. Well, let me ask you guys, this match or the Briscoes match? And it's up to you guys. What, like, I don't know which one you guys like more, the Briscoes matches. but I'd go with the Briscoes matches. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, this feels more like the second Briscoes one because I didn't love that as much as the first mm. one. 
Um, I give this the same. I gave this four point two five, which is what I gave that second one, I believe. Whereas the first one, I was yeah. a, a lot higher. I might have even been at four point seven five range for that one. Doesn't mean I didn't like it. Just I'd have it at that notch below. Um, I think when this match only it grabbed me. But it was near the end when it grabbed me, and I think that could that could mm. work for a wrestling match. I think I've said it before in this podcast. I think often people only really remember the last ten minutes. So Carter's got it down, you know, just do forty minutes of nothing, <laughs> yeah. and uh, get those ten minutes in, and you get those five stars <laughs> will come. Uh, but it was all about the, you know the closing stretch for me. It was probably a four star match until that for me. And like we always say about Aussie Open, like no one. Is, I, I get what you mean, JP, about this being an FTR match because it was in a lot of ways. But mm. when it became more of an Aussie Open match, which was excess which is what they do better than any other team in the world you know yeah. and they do it to the point especially with a hot crowd like this you know it, the kickouts could get silly and then they just kind of bust through that wall and they become good again that's the aussie open magic formula that always works and it worked here even if this time it was weird that like the crowd weren't necessarily behind them you would have thought hometown mm. to them at least you know red pro adjacent crowd would have been all about aussie open and they were probably more about all about ftr um but either way, it worked for FTR. You know, we got that got their near falls o- over even more, and the, the creativity with, with with the way they did the spots down. To, you know, like that. I love that belt spot, and I hate like stuff like that. But the way yeah. they made it look like coincident, it was just perfectly laid out and perfectly delivered. You know, everyone they timed it right. Yeah, it was yeah, so well timed, and you know as far as wrestlers doing spots like that you know that's a more of an old school ftr type spot but aussie open are perfect for it because they are if you want to write them off as spotty wrestlers they are great at spots <laughs> you know that's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing as far as i'm concerned mm. and they nailed those you know those little that seesaw of kind of momentum you know those moments near the end like that's what really pulled it up for me if anything i'm, I'm not going to talk it down because it got 4.25 stars by the way how old do you feel based on a suits profile picture there jp um, I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love good that. Good suit. <laughs> there he is. Um, but yeah, it's um, you know for me it, it went up to four point two five rather than I'd say it, it came down in any way. It will probably yeah. not make my top ten matches of the year, but that's no slice. And if people are higher, fair enough. I can see why. You know, I can understand it. It, it adds to I both guess. teams' body of work and thinking. Okay. I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if you want the, the New Japan tag division to mean any, put this match on in Japan. There we go. There's a hey, wacky idea. See, FTR, I've, I saw um, Briscoe's on doing a promo on Twitter today, building a match with uh, with Aussie Open. I was like, oh, cool, where? And it's that fuck. what's that indie called that doesn't really... House exist? of Glory. Yeah, that one. It's there. Yeah. It's like, oh, why is that not on the... I thought, I was hoping that was a final battle build. Like, let's do that. <laughs> you know, get, get them back to it. Let's do it there. Let's do it where people can actually watch, or actually will watch it, you know? But it's, it's a hell of... If you haven't seen it, it's a hell of a match to watch. Like, it really yeah. is. I mean, and again, I don't think anybody's, like, people will, I think, veer between, generally between four and five, depending on how you're watching it, how you feel about it, what, what your knowledge of both teams are, and, you know, all variations on that. But still a really good match. And I have to say, from what I saw of the card, like, it generally seems to deliver. So this is the day one card. I haven't seen day two. But the stuff I saw, I thought delivered. Now, admittedly, I had a bit of a bias here of going, I was watching all the stuff, like, to when it was the LIJ versus Suzuki gun, like, multi madness. I'm not watching that i've seen that yeah. match a million times i haven't seen michael oka and ricky knight jr versus great okan and gideon gray 
And sure? you've seen that. And <laughs> Sounds like the 229. I haven't ever, Ricky Knight Jr. gets the pin on there, but he, I have to, like, it's more seeing them in a New Japan ring, but it was also building up Great O'Khan versus Ricky Knight Jr. for the Rev Pro belt, which is a good match for yeah. Rev Pro to run, given that Great O'Khan was there, worked there, never got pinned in Rev Pro. So if he loses and loses to Ricky Knight Jr., there is some meaning in that and it builds it up and it felt like that was the direction they were wanting to go in with them as well as setting up great O'Conn and Jeff Cobb like uh, even though Jeff Cobb wasn't on that versus FTR versus FTR at the end and at some point something's going to give in United Empire between you've got two tag teams there fighting for one set of belts so that's going to be kind of interesting between them but I thought um I thought that match was was okay I looked at Dan Maloney versus Gabriel Kidd I should let suit in fact you what you because you saw a lot of this this day one card. What what were your highlights? I actually only saw the last two. Oh, so okay. you go ahead. You go ahead and I'll jump in with the, the Osprey match. Zach Zodiac, or is it Zach Knight in there as a prize fighter gimmick? Um <laughs> oh, the I, I love it. He didn't he doesn't it's the look. It just it wasn't a great look. In the ring, was he any worse than bad dude Tito? No. And I'm, as I've said, I'm quite sweet on Bad Dude Tito. All of like team, like any of those guys, if you've done blood sport in a new Japan, I'm a fan. Like, so God help me if they sign Super Beast, I'll be all over that. Um, it's the JP Triumvirate, Blood Sports, New Japan Strong, and MLW. You've done all three yeah, of them. There you go. Oh, mate, I'd be. That's it then. It's Hall of Fame career for me. Um, Killer but, Cross, is, Cross has to be off one of those, right? I think, Ooh, I think he did them all. Did Killer Cross do all three? He did. Uh, there you go. He did do New Japan in. proper, but he did New Japan US. Because I remember Minoru Suzuki calling him a young boy. <laughs> in his, in his, in his head, <laughs> he fought in Pride and Pancrace back in the day. <laughs> carrying across his head for all of this. <laughs> Faux MMA bullshit that he likes to do. But, um, but I, I thought the Dan Maloney-Gabriel kid match at the start was was a lot of fun as well and and Dan Maloney looked they it kind of felt more like at least seeing them in somewhat prominent parts of the show felt like there was a lot of emphasis of okay we are gonna showcase a few um like Rev Pro guys throughout this. I mean Ava White lost in the tournament to Jazzy Gabbert I think on day two. Alex Windsor got the pin I think on in one of the matches and I thought that was something. You know and she was over in Tokyo Joshi Pro as well as you know recently, Benno. So, like, there is a lot of there's a lot of focus on like it feels on a lot of the Rev Pro stars. It's just a from a production values point, it was like shaky, like handheld cam the on the camera. floor. Like you can't have cameramen on a New Japan show can't hold the camera like without shaking. Or like the, I think that the bit that killed me. Like, uh, and it is, it's a bugbear of ours, isn't it, with that production? And we understand this for Pro, it is, it, you know, the, the limited budget. homegrown, limited yeah. budget. I do feel it when it's a New Japan show. Like, how does it make it to New Japan world, a cameraman climbing the barricade and sprinting through the crowd trying to trying to get a shot? Maybe it was the editing more than, because I know New Japan did it yeah. themselves, you know, and 
I feel like those types of shots should be cool. Even the hard cam, though, the hard cam was off center. I mean, I know these are minor things, but it didn't feel worthy of being on New yeah. Japan World, the production of this thing. Um, I thought Kevin but, Kelly was great. Um, so there's that. Yeah. You know, he, know, he knows these guys yeah. as well from, from the UK and stuff. And, you know, you know, yeah, it was, uh, massively. I love that. Like, hear them talk about their history and stuff. Um, you know, that element was, uh, was a positive. The attendance was good as well. Like 2100 first night was what I yeah. heard. They generally did the same for both of them. And it's a, like, I mean, still, after even after watching that Aussie Open match and even after watching most of this card, did I regret not making it there that day? I was like, mm, it would have been nice, but would it have been worth the all of the grief yeah. for getting back over there and everything else? Probably not. It wasn't worth one at the end of the day, was it? Because I know no. we ran like... You know, yeah. they talked it up at the start and, you know, we're back, it's our big return. It's not really a big return. <laughs> so, you know, it's a, it is a bit of a step down to where we were, a couple bucks, you yeah. know, to... It's a return. But it's a return. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the hope they would have is next time they run, if they ran Copper Box and you do it because you've got a Moxley on the card and you've got FTR and maybe a couple of other people, you can have some of that AEW influence. At that point, I think you're going to get, like, much, much more appeal. Um, well, yeah, any other notes on that? Or uh, should we move on to uh, other stuff uh, anyone's been watching? Uh, I'll there just... was a lot of New Japan this weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'll talk about a few more things on uh, yeah, Royal Quest. Uh, Osprey Umino, hmm. Shota Umino oh. was very good. Um, Umino kept up with him. This was very much an Osprey match. Okay. Uh, and I think Umino did a very good job of keeping up with him. Hmm. The one thing he's missing is that just that little spark of charisma yeah. Like that little spark of like natural fire, he's working on it, and it feels like he's close. But I think if he's back in New Japan proper, he's got a chance to like really like figure something out that'll like light that. And then once he does that, he's off because everybody likes him. Like you know, everybody's you know giving him stuff, you know, Jericho back at Forbidden Door gave him, you know, gave him a lot, threw a fireball mm-hmm. in his face. Well, and, the, you know, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this was the match where they played up that Red Shoes was refereeing it. Yeah, this was the first, this was apparently the first match since his debut that uh, Red Shoes refed his son's match, and it played into the finish because Osprey did the uh, 12 six elbows that yeah. um, knocked out Sonata earlier in the year. And Red Shoes stopped it. He stopped the match. And uh, Charlton was on commentary and he was saying, he stopped it kind of quick, don't you think? You know, maybe, maybe he can't call his son's matches. That was a little fast on that call. So a little, an interesting little thing that, you know, no doubt's going to carry over to New Japan proper when Umino gets back over there. And then him and, and okay. Soji will be on there very soon. I yeah, think, I think and they're going to be back over pretty soon. The uh, I watched the Suji match on night two. He was against Ishii, and uh, it was a traveling Ishii match. You know, your mileage will vary, but it was very much the match Ishii does on these big showcase shows. Um, Suji needs to lay it in a little bit more. I feel like his strikes, like. For this match against Ishii, they did not come off as like very strong or like very like impressive. But I do like his look. You know, mm. he just needs a little bit more like he needs to not be afraid to like lay it in and you know 
it's easy for me to say not getting hit, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I think once he does that, he's got a real good look about him. He's got like a you know, you could see him on like posters and Mm -hmm. stuff like that because he's got a great look. Him and that hair that just looks hair. He comes out in that in the samurai gear with his hair tied up. Yeah, it that's a look. Yeah, and then uh, I watched the main event of night two, which was Naito and Saber, and you know, it was Naito Saber. You know, like yeah. Naito wasn't the working boots weren't on. Well, they were on, but they weren't tied up tight. You know, yeah. it was very much Naito kind of screwing around, and then they had a nice little match. You know, three and a half. They did the, the LIJ call at the end. It was good enough to be the night two main events. You know, it's happened in Rev yeah. Pro already. It's happened in New Japan a million times. But if you're there, you're a big New Japan fan. You get to see Naito in the main event against Zach. It's not it's a house show, which essentially this was. It's fine in it. It's just not particularly inspiring. But you know, yeah. target audience loves. They got big cheers on night one. Like it's the kind of stuff you think yeah. that audience in the UK. They're super yeah. over. It. They're, they're over everywhere. Yeah, they're, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a massive act. It's just, mm. yeah, my investment in Naito isn't as high as like other people in the company. Mm. So it, it, you know, you lose that when you're not as invested in the guy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's all I saw in night two. But these, you know, check them out. FTR Aussie Open, definitely check that out because yeah. uh, it will it could. There's a very good chance it'll end up on your match of the year list. It's still uh, trending really well on Grapple. Uh, up to the uh, 4.7, even with uh, VOD uh, viewings. It's a slightly down on the live bias, but not much. Still in that range. Yeah. You know, that'll finish. It's Grapple 100. That'll be near the top still, uh, if, if it hovers yeah. around there. And that'll be how many FTR matches still? <laughs> like, you know, the Briscoe matches. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. They're, the Bucks TV. They match. had that Young Bucks, Young Bucks match on TV. Yeah, they're tag team of the year, especially with the Young Bucks. Not being around as much. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. Gates of Agony match, of course. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was actually pretty good. Was it? I, I never that, saw it in the end. Late night, late that night Battle of the season. Belt show. <laughs> Rampage and Battle of the Belts. Like, if you started at the Pat, at the, because Pack wrestled twice. He wrestled back to back. Yeah. He did the trios match and then he did the singles match with Trent. You started from the trios match. That's a good little hour. That's a solid hour 20. I would check it out if, you know, if you've got it, you know, and you got an hour to spare, I'd check it out. Nice yeah, little hour. Um, yeah. <laughs> Let's send that advice out to poor Gareth, who's uh, trying to catch up on. He's like three weeks behind on AEW, trying to slowly catch up before we drag him on for full gear. Don't think he's looking forward to watching Battle of the Belts, but uh, anyhow. He'll yeah. just be like, I haven't watched Rampage in a month. It's <laughs> oh, no, too much of a complete. He'll watch it all. He will. He'll watch it. Yeah. Battle of the Belts. It's you know it's not what anybody like expected it to be because this weird thing they always book like a world title match the week of a battle of the belts but not on battle of the belts yeah. every time it's like passive aggressive at this point it is it weird is. but as like a nice little mid card show like a little supplemental hour it's fine you know it's nothing it's to get excited it? about but it's, it's not a rampage though. Time. See that, that <laughs> should be Clash of the Champions, though. That's what this should be. It's what it's what I felt. I was like, I'll oh, get in primetime TBS live show on a Saturday. It's like Clash of the Champions. This it reminds yeah. me when my my mate from school, Paul Brown, got that 
got a clash of the champions, but I did on a long play with a load of uh, global. And I was watching this back and I was like, this is shit hot on here. <laughs> just the, just the novelty of it as well. It was the one where, um, catches Jack and that, it comes out of the box and takes sting. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, I suppose moving on from there, from uh, from New Japan, unless there's uh, anything else, anything else you've seen, JP? Anything you wanted to? Uh, no, no. This week? I thought you were going to give like, your big review of the uh, the Fiend debut. What the um, SmackDown? The one bit of SmackDown I watched, which was from <laughs> I the, also the, watched uh, SmackDown. Weirdly enough, because it was in New Orleans, I didn't uh, go because I didn't bother. Like, <laughs> if they were in Baton Rouge five minutes you know. away, I'll make the trip. But how far? How much would it have cost you to go and see it and everything else and travel? Oh, like I, I would have gotten a cheap ticket, so like twenty on the ticket. Then I would have driven because it's like an hour and a half away. So I'd have driven that. Then parking, parking probably would have been more than the ticket. Okay, yeah. So about you know sixty, seventy, probably all day. Then getting something to eat too. Like yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not doing all that. That's how I feel. The about long page, mate. <laughs> in New York, I am. I'm not wasting <laughs> yeah. the last Friday night I've got in New York. Possibly for a few years, I'm going to see Rampage. I'm sorry. See, Anyone... Unless CM Punk's coming back, I'm not going. I'm not paying for that. <laughs> it's not happening. You can imagine the I was second speaking... dance, huh? Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> I was speaking with WH Park last night. We were doing our, our Andor show, and one of the things it was like, I said, I assume you're not going to that Rampage, and he was just like, "Fuck Rampage." Look, he's going to anything. Classic WH style. Just like, why would I go there when I I can go to New York City? Like, exactly. why <laughs> exactly that's my feeling uh, i've got to pay for you on saturday spoiled but what are you yeah. gonna do unless you're really mad to see some more smart mark sterling who is guaranteed <laughs> to be on there and possibly tony niece <laughs> oh but yeah i was gonna say you know we did spend a lot of time last week talking about uh bray i know we have it since then we did the, the patreon weekend show uh just because of the way spotlight fell we did uh, actually end up talking a bit of smackdown and the uh and the Bray Wyatt debut. Uh, I'm guessing you were plus by it suit. <laughs> I'm guessing it wasn't for uh, wasn't. For, I yeah. thought it was relaxed, for yeah. what it was. Uh, I don't know where we go after this, but I thought they did a good job. Look, it's not for me. It's never going to be for me. Bray Wyatt is my least favorite wrestler ever. <laughs> like he has been a part of several of the worst things that I've ever seen in wrestling. So, you know, him feuding with a warped version of himself is not exactly, you know, going to rocket up my list of things to watch. But lucky for him, there's two more months. He can still lock up worst feud of the year. <laughs> so if he gets this thing kicked into gear, he can keep his streak going. Because I think he's got a streak of like four or five years of worst feud of the year. He needs and- to get Randy Orton involved. I, I don't know. I feel like... Oh. I don't- not saying it's going to be truth today, but I feel somewhat positive on it. I thought it was like, you know, coming out and being like the real life to a point, Bray yeah. Wyatt stuff was very well done. It felt from the heart, it felt real. You know, I'm talking about, you know, being on the outs with WWE and, you know, the fans picking him up and stuff. And then, yeah, you get the stuff on the screen with like the monster and whatever. Is that going to turn out to be him? Could it be Bo Dallas? Maybe it'll be that. Maybe that's where we end up, bro. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, I don't know. I'm quite. <laughs> I don't know. I think they can get. There's a lot to answer for. Again, yeah. the, we should learn from the past. The maybe. problem with yeah, the problem with Bray is that anytime like people start like dissecting his stuff, my eyes just roll into the yeah, back of my head. I know. I, know. So yeah. I just it's not my thing. I'm not into it. 
I'm not gonna yell and scream about it, but it, you know, those fans like love it. it you like it? Good for you. Did the great quarter hour, you know, Bray's uh, yeah. stuff selling again. You know, he is he's a star. To those there people. you go. Yeah. And, uh, anything else some other, from those shows? Uh, L.A. Knight's back for all those people who liked uh, end of term NXT. Uh, he split up with the uh, models that he was with. I do like that act though, the maximum male models. That's a <laughs> that's a nice little act. When I saw um, those two, like was it Mansoor and I can't know who the other guy Mansour is. Mansoor and Marseille. Yes. <laughs> like and they were just like pouring water over each other in a sort of wonderfully homoerotic, but also kind of like the guys from the beginning of um Zoolander type way <laughs> except it's not always obviously it's in their case it's petrol rather than water that they're throwing on themselves <laughs> still makes me laugh <laughs> uh so yeah there was that um remember when damage control was hot yeah that was a that fun like month me. yeah um i'll say this though roxanne perez he's she's very good she is very good mm. and uh what else? We had Hit Row jobbing out in a minute and a half. Oh, I love that. To, uh, are they that bad? So as well, are they awful? Well, hey, don't worry about them. They can promo. <laughs> don't worry about them. What <laughs> <laughs> he said, I just love it because, like, oh, fucking top dollar, like, like, what is going on with him? Like, he just like he can't wrestle. He doesn't. He shouldn't be on mainstream TV. He literally doesn't like, know what he's did, doing. Why were people so like? It was it was Swerve Purely with swerve. them, yeah. Like it was Swerve's group because outside of Swerve, you got Adonis, who's a fine you know depth guy. You know, mm. he's a Tony Nese type. Mm. Then you've got Top Dollar, this dude who just won't shut up. Mm. Like if he had kept his mouth, like if he wasn't, if he wasn't so like brash about himself, yeah. they wouldn't have gotten fired yeah. in the first place. But it was him constantly talking, like, constantly like, oh, you know, it would be an honor for me to do the job to Roman Reigns. I'm sure (laughs) it would, pal. I'm sure it would. He should be so fucking lucky, isn't he? So fucking Yeah. Like, he's the least, like, for because I think Hit Row was a cool actor with Swerve. Like, he is so And then the cool guy left. Yeah. Uh, Even the gear, like, he looks like he's getting dressed to go to the pool. Like, what's he fucking wearing? He's awful. Yeah. He did this... He did some spot where it's like who hotter than top dollar, and then he does a dance. Oh. Crowd was silent, and then he lost to he lost to uh, Zima Ion and my boy. Uh, wow, what what uh, Raul Mendoza? They didn't even lose to Phantasma. <laughs> yeah, I was just say DJ Z got a, yeah, a win on TV in a minute and a half. If yeah. that's <laughs> happening, you're not in a good place. It felt like a mess. I'm all right with. Him as Joaquin Wilde. He's the kind of... It's a good act. He's a good act. Legala del Fantasma. I think Triple H, that was definitely a message. It was like, because you would have expected the big guy to be protected. No, the big guy took the fall. It was like, just fuck off. Yeah. You shit. Um, And as well, I kind of like that change of momentum that like, you know, there's clearly more juice, you know, with the Fantasma group. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just move on to that. Yeah. And uh, then you had Rey Mysterio. We're getting Rey Mysterio Gunther. That should be fun. Uh, yeah. Because Ray doesn't want to fight his kid. He showed up earlier on the show and he tried to quit. And so Triple H said, No, how about you just get beat up by Gunther? You want a four way here. 
Good job they follow the brand um, split. He'll be fit. he'll be safe from there. The heels now is on SmackDown because nobody jumps yeah. back from show to show, so it'll be all right. <laughs> SmackDown's damage control, you know, <laughs> yeah. they aren't on Raw every week. Yeah. They got the SmackDown Ultras outside protecting the wrestlers. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that that's gonna be fun. Like they're building the. It's a shame they're building up to Ray versus Dominic because it's Dominic. Like, did you see they're wasting AJ on Raw? Like, he could oh, not waste the top dollar. Like, if AJ Styles can't do a job with you, like, he just he looks untrained. He's just it's pathetic. Yeah. He doesn't AJ ha- baby him through the match. He's got nothing. He's got nothing to offer. He doesn't have it, man. And there's like this. They're spending all this effort on it, and it would be great if it were Rey Mysterio versus someone who was good. Yeah. If it was Rey Mysterio versus Finn Balor, that'd be good. Yeah. But no, we're getting Ray versus his kid, and God bless him, but it, it ain't going to end well. And I think it's got... I get why they're doing it, because it's got heat. And people yeah. seem to be into this story. But what after that? Once Dominic's wrestled with Ray, That's it. Is Dominic just going to be a singles guy on the roster? Of course he's not. Like, this. There's nothing you can do. He's David Flair. He is like this. He is. We're not going to think about him in two years because he's not going to be a wrestler in two years. Like you get into the no types of it. of heat as well. It's not heat as in a desire mm. to see them actually wrestle. Possibly just to see them get beat up and whatever. Like just, yeah. But then beyond that, where do you go? He's, he'll right. never get back up to those levels, and he's not good enough in the ring yeah. to be able to do it. However. Like the only thing you can do is go to Mania, and then when you get to Mania, just try and do all bells and whistles outside the ring bullshit in order to distract away from the fact that he's not a good wrestler. Yeah, you're gonna have to take. You are going to have to take every shortcut to make that. How long they may have to go back and they may have to go back in the Thunderdome and like clip it out like they did with the Rollins match. How many hours do you think he spent in training? Like. All these. Uh, and how many hours has Logan Paul spent doing this? And <laughs> who is better? Yeah. It's yeah, terrifying. Man, it's it's something else, but you know, I you know, I don't watch WWE weekly and I'm not going to start, but I'll give them credit on certain things, you know. The race stuff is long term story. You know, the bloodline stuff with Sammy is very good. Yeah. That was funny. And that's, you know, it's going to end with them turning on him at that's some point. It yeah. will be. And, you know, I wonder, do they do Sammy versus Roman? Do they do Sammy and Owens versus the Usos? Because that felt like that's where that w- they were starting. He, I think both. But then Owens has kind of gone on his way. I think it's, but he seems to be. From my impression, from only having seen it, Sammy versus Jimmy Uso is really the one where yes. he's the hot-headed guy. Where there's like kind of that was part of the match that I saw with the, it was him versus Kofi Kingston, yeah, and had, um, uh, Xavier Woods on the outside. And even though you think you're going back to the Usos versus the New Day again, I don't know. I think there's an element of that that felt like quite. Like, oh, it's it's like an old favorite, isn't it? You can just go yeah. back to that as a match and you're kind of fine with it because everyone's so kind of entertaining in their roles. But I've heard Ben, you say this to me like enough times, like this is stuff that's kind of worth seeing. It made me watch a few WWE segments on SmackDown and a match, which is a lot yeah. more than anything else has, ma- has managed to do. 
And this is part of like, they've got a BT Sports and they've only got like a, a, on the app, have got like a, an edited version of SmackDown that's 44 minutes. I was like, yeah, that'll do. I don't need to see everything. Yeah. Yeah, It was and it was fine. Mm. Yeah. Like, I won't say like it's like this super improved product. It's now because like, you know, there's still the bad stuff. You know, carrying carrying cross gets in a car wreck at the start of the show. Yeah, and Drew McIntyre is beating him up. Like <laughs> I don't like the triple car wreck. But I like I like tearing up the format and doing like like on Raw this week. Lashley and Lesnar just having a fight at the start of Raw. You know, breaking that Vince McMahon formula. Literally every show starts the same and every angle is the same. I like that. Although yeah. we, I know Triple H loves a car park too much, but I love that. That it yeah, that's how you know things. it's Hunter booked. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I won't go so far as to say it's like, it's this great improvement. It still feels like the body of the same show. Yeah. Kind of like still following the same structure for the most part. Yeah. It's improved only because, like, how could it not? Yeah. Yeah. How I could it that. not? Like, yeah. now there's some planning. Now they've got like plans where you can see like the end. Like, this is, it's base level stuff. Yeah. And because it's been like, at least a decade of less than that. Mm. Now, like, two, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, people are going a little too far overboard with the praise, but there is praise to be made. Agreed. And there are, you know, improvements in the product, but they're going to have to, you know, sustain it a little bit more. And like, I just need some, I just need some different stuff going on before yeah. I'm like yeah. all the way in. I- I think Mania is going to be the test. Well, the Rumble and the Mania will be the test. How they book a Rumble without Vince and without Vince changing his mind and the idea that they should have a settled direction, which is the yeah. the hot, the one area of, you mentioned about like the kind of base level competency that they're achieving, which is a bit of forward planning, basically. We need to get to this, the, the, this match at Survivor Series and then this match at Rumble and then this match at Mania. So they're just doing it and they're booking it and working it out. And it's, again, it's not rocket science. It's just that you didn't have a loon in there going, no, going to rip up the script and make you do it. And you're going to send it to me at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, you're like, what? P.S. Can I have a burrito? It's like, order your own (laughs) fucking burrito. You're a 70-year-old man. Staycraft was there. <laughs> yeah, really cool. yeah. Uh, yeah it, it, that's the thing. It's like you're not as you don't feel as as much. I mean, it's still a waste of time. So it's a three hour roll, but you're not wasting your time, and they're not going to rip it up and restart with characters and stuff. There's they're going to follow through for for better or worse. It's it's like peak NXT. You know, the the the, the NXT TV show was never great. It was just functional. That's what Raw and SmackDown is right now. Like I watched very quickly because uh, we want to get a get out of here in the next few minutes. But like I watched Raw as well, like this week and. Triple H wasn't there. You could probably you could tell in some ways. You know, like COVID did. They said Road Dog took over. It was a little bit Road Doggy for me. Um, there were definitely <laughs> it was uh, not up to the, like. I really enjoyed the the anniversary show they did last week. Didn't love the DX stuff, but overall as a show, it felt important and kind of almost came close to earning you three hours, even if it was still too much. This week's show was a bit sports entertaining, and you know, I didn't love the Rollins and Riddle stuff and. The Miz Dexter stuff's never, never gonna work. Yeah, but, like uh, you know, there were still things to like it, was, but it was definitely the low point of the uh, the recent roles, I'd say. Yeah, and there's still like when I talk about like the products not being that different, there is that like Rollins and Riddle stuff where it's like Rollins loses at the pay per view, then he gets a title shot on Raw because it was already yeah. booked. Yeah, 
Then Brock Lesnar beat up Bobby Lashley. Yep. And then Rollins wins the title. So now, and now, and then Rock, and then Riddle get the title shot. So everybody's a loser except Brock Lesnar. So yeah, you know, more things change, etc. You know, and that's going to be a real test. Is if they're thinking long term, Lashley should be being built up to go over this. They should be thinking, all right, they can maybe have Lesnar gets this one back at Survivor Series, but we do then the rubber match at Mania. And we saw how the crowd reacted to it the first time round that they did it. I think there's juice in that match, but I think this is the test of, like, if this is Vince, Brock's going over. Well, here's Garfield. the thing. Lashley went over at the Rumble, if you remember. Oh, yes. Because that was where the Heyman turn happened. Yep. So... Is this Brock getting his win back here? Yeah. Also, will the Crown Prince want to see Bobby Lashley? Because <laughs> he's who's booking this show. <laughs> yeah, it's an audience of one. Um, Bobby, yeah. I will always say, Bobby Lashley, the moment he turned 40, he just got wrestling. I don't know yeah. what happened. Some it's stage, crazy. That impact run will never get spoken of in the terms of it did, but the job it did for just rebuilding his confidence as a yeah. wrestler of, actually, I can work at this level. My promos are fine. I don't, I'm not like completely rubbish at this. There's none of the softly spoken stuff that was on like his screen as, as he came out. So like, I will say this, like the idea, like it's got me thinking about WWE in terms of where are they going for mania? And there's interesting directions that you think I could see them following through on this stuff. That's going to be like the kind of acid test of where they are from a booking. wise. How do they book a rumble? How do they book a mania? And if they're doing this yeah. stuff in advance and working backwards, then, you know, ultimately that's good for the industry, yeah. in theory. In I theory, mean, communism works. Pat so. <laughs> 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 tip, Homer Stimson. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, there's Roundup um, for the week. Uh, we'll, uh, obviously, we'll be back with a normal uh, schedule next week, so I'll give you the uh, the Roar and, uh, and SmackDown takes. Uh, oh, speaking yep. of theory, uh, he might be cashing in the uh, Money in the Bank on the NXT title. Good. So that might be uh, getting rid of that. That's where he should be. Halloween Havoc on yeah. Saturday, which is this weekend, by the way. Yeah. yeah the NXT show. So, yeah. That's, is it? That's his role. That's his, you know, if they do that, I'll be like, yep, yeah, Triple H gets it. He shouldn't be anywhere near the main yeah. event on Roman SmackDown. Yeah. Let him do that. He's not beating Roman. He's not beating the guy who beats Roman. Let's just pawn this off yeah. on NXT and yeah. put, give Braun another run. How about that? Best for Or him. Braun. <laughs> they got to change his name, man. Because now they Stan got right Strowman there. back. Yeah. Right there. It yeah. is. Come on, trips. Bron Steiner. Bron Steiner, even that could work. Yeah. What's his real name? What's his first name? Mm, Bronson uh, Rex Steiner, isn't it? It is Bronson, isn't it? Like, yeah. Bloody hell, Bronson Steiner. Like that. <laughs> uh, well, uh, that's our massive Scott. Let's the uh, let's the trademark lapse. But anywho, there's your uh, your WWE roundup. Anything else you uh, you guys have seen before we we got out of here? But uh, if this was a normal Wednesday, Dynamite would be starting now. So uh, probably feels like a good time to uh, to wrap up as. Uh, as <laughs> yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's not to watch, but you know. <laughs> we well, hey, speak for yourself. I got basketball to watch. <laughs> yeah, suits all just, right. He's got plenty of telly on there, hasn't he? He's got plenty of sports. The- just watched a uh, baseball game. Now I'm putting on uh, the Phillies win. opener for the Pelicans, baby. Uh, no, uh, they are not. Well, the game is not over, but oh, uh, it's not looking not great. <laughs> ah, bollocks. 
Yeah. Oh, well, I'll live. Like I say, my investment in them, it's, it's not like I'm like, you know, I don't bleed Philadelphia. I'm fine with it. And I'm also realised oh. they seem to be hated by a lot of other teams around the Northeast, <laughs> but that seems to be a pure Northeast thing where they just hate each other. Well, hey, series, the series will be tied at one, so they're not dead yet. But Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> right, well, speaking of which, JP, and into a and it's plug before we uh, go. So, I mean, obviously you mentioned it before, five to one debuts on patreon.com forward slash grapple. Um, got your daily updates as well. Plus, we dropped the latest episode of Andor. Um, that dropped like kind of very early on today. That's uh with me and WH looking at episode six. I don't know if you watch Andor, Sue. It's no. nah, he's, he's, he's I watched tracking show. <laughs> I watched the first Star Wars, the second one up to the part where they get in the camel thing to not freeze. <laughs> and then I've seen the first two of the new trilogy, and that okay. is it. And that's it. Oh, okay. I mean, it's, I love it. I think it's a great show. This was like a cracking episode of TV. So listen to our review uh, of that as well. Um, pretty soon, I think next week, going to be recording to be on uh, Alan Farrell's 30 Farrell 30. Yay! So uh, looking to be, I won't spoil exactly who it is we're talking about yet, but yeah, looking forward to that. Going to be doing that uh, recording next week. So, uh, yeah, really looking forward to that. I haven't recorded Alan in a while, and he's, um, he's he's brilliant. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. So, yeah. Love it. And follow me on Twitter, jpjp3es. Yeah, I've done that in a while. Love it. Uh, follow yeah. me. There you go. Uh, Suit, where can the people find you? Find your writing, find your uh, your podcast work, find you on Twitter, etc. You can find me on Twitter at Suit Williams. You can find my writing at voicesofwrestling.com. You can also... Um, voiceofwrestling.com where I do the Brockumentary, the Brock Lesnar retrospective series. I am up to the last chapter I published was the um, was the Bob Holly match, Royal Rumble 04, everyone's <laughs> favorite. Um, next one coming up will be the Eddie Guerrero match. Um, yeah, I'm looking so forward to writing about uh, that. That'll be awesome. That's going to be a good one. Um, I also have done uh, the Dynamite Dozen. Uh, recently, which was my look at the 12 uh, highest rated uh, dynamite matches, or well, the highest rated AEW television matches of the past year on from grapple. October to October. Yeah, I used the grapple app ratings and I used the cage match ratings, added them together. Uh, I had to divide the cage match rating by half because I don't want to give it more power. <laughs> I need them equal. <laughs> Good man. No, I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, yes. You can also find my writing on F4W online. Uh, I have been doing NXT Level Up. I also did the Triple Mania review, uh, as we talked about earlier. Uh, I also have a podcast that I do uh, that I guest on every week. Smark Sports, S M A R K. We talk sport. We talk uh, American sports, usually football. Uh, and then we get in the week of wrestling as well. Me and Mel, it's always a good time. Me, Mel, sometimes DJ. But yeah, <laughs> that's a good, it's good stuff. That comes out every week that I remember to uh, edit it and post it because <laughs> Mel uh, pawned that off on me. So <laughs> there we go. That's where you can find me. I think I remember. Didn't you still like a 10 minute segment on that? Now it's just your show, mate. You've taken over. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I did the wrestling and then uh, I did the whole show. 
and now I record the show and I have to edit it now. So <laughs> that's all they got you. Fantastic! <laughs> what a deal Mel got on that. <laughs> Mel did royal now. Yeah, good deal. It's like Matty with the bibs and five sides in it. Yeah. But if you want to uh, hear more on that, uh, patreoncom grapple. Where should people follow you? By the way, suit on Twitter. You're at Suit Williams. At Suit Williams. S U I T Williams like Serena. Go follow suit. Always great having you on, mate. It was uh, great having you on Media Thank Weekend. You. We'll do this. Thank uh, you. We'll do this again soon, definitely. Um, but yeah, but as far as I'm concerned, follow me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Like I say, uh, we'll have a penalty going up on the Patreon. Robert Brocky's made a a smashing choice for his King of the Mountain. Uh, picked up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, talking about it. over the next couple of weeks, we'll be uh, revealing that over on the Patreon. But yeah, as JP says, Montreal Monthers. Uh, it's a suit upon us. Uh, we might get a couple right. more in before then. Uh, do you know uh, Benno thinks it's a work suit? So he said to Fuck me. Off. Quietly. If I could do the word, I'd hate that it's such a generic term. If we had a better word for it, I would mute that. That would be gone out yeah. of my life. And people think it everything. But didn't Vince there. say, go over there, make a load of money, Brett? Bankrupt him. Is that not how this? No. I think that might have been Triple H. Uh, but anywho. Yeah. yeah uh, we'll be talking all that. But yeah, plenty of uh, of other uh, stuff over there. The uh, New Blood Millionaires Club DVD review we did that was uh, well received. Weekend shows, daily Jesus. updates, all of, uh, all of all the good stuff we review. Halloween film yeah. clubs coming up. There you go. That's, uh, that's yeah. coming as well. Looking forward. Don't to watch it. Halloween ends. <laughs> Awful. Oh, Awful man. I've had. I saw the first one and then I didn't see Halloween Kills because people said it sucked. Oh. Man, how'd they get it right with the first one? Halloween Kills is like the very first Halloween by comparison with this Fuck one. This it. is Jesus. Hour and a half, I'm never getting back and I'm genuinely livid about it. We won't be how did they do that first one so well then? Because they just, know. you're like, man, that sucks. I had more fun watching whatever the family film involving Kelly Rowland and uh, Marlon Wayans that I saw. <laughs> that was damn sight better and arguably scarier than, than, oh, what, than Halloween ends. Then that's a classic. Oh, well, well maybe, maybe we'll put it in the poll. Maybe we won't, but yeah. We're definitely 50 gonna... Marlon Wayans doing cracking for his age. Just to throw that out there as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey. 50. That man, um, but yeah, all that stuff's uh, coming. But yes, well, I should be back to a normalish uh, schedule. Uh, next is mm-hmm. our guest for next week confirmed, JP? Or uh, yes, uh, yeah. should be Karen Peterson. Yeah. Hey. hey. She's going to be uh, joining us, catch up on Brilliant. Uh, everything there. Karen's been watching. It'll be a weird show, JP. There'll be no Dynamite to review because we've done it now. Um, <laughs> oh, you got, we got Halloween Havoc, mate. I don't know what yeah. you're worried about. Okay, Plenty no. to talk about. Oh, we'll, yeah. we'll be free in depth on Friday. And Rampage. So we'll preview all that on Friday on the, on the Patreon. But yeah, look forward to, uh, to that next week. But other than that, that's it for us for another Spotlight. Thank you, Sue, for joining us once again. We will catch you again soon. Bye. Thank you.